My name is Kolea. My pronouns are they, them, there. I'm Jasmine Margo. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm Jasmine Best. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, they. Fantastic. And this is um, an installation into our um, artist creative series for Namaste podcast. So thank you so much for joining us, Jasmine. Thanks um, for having me. We're going to dive right in. So what is your part, your job, your identity in the community? I am a black femme, Southern mixed media artist living in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and for my own personal sake, will you explain what mixed media artist is? Okay. Uh, that means I work with a variety of different art medias, mm-hmm. everything from video and animation to textiles and fabric mm-hmm. to paper, paint, digital painting. Cool. Thank you. Um, and how does you being a uh, Black Southern femme mixed media artist in North Carolina inform your wellness needs and your, uh, your self-care needs? Informs in the fact that most of my self-care is based off of what can help me continue to make art. I have a hard time maintaining certain things about my body and well-being if it's not related to the act of making. Okay, wow. Okay, an act of making just art or um, food or other things? Specifically art, but I would say just making in general. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and when, um, do you know that you need to engage in self-care? What are some triggers that you recognize in yourself for that? Um, in my worst situations, it would be, um, my body. I think I have a trouble admitting how my body has limitations Mm -hmm. and oftentimes in worst case scenario, it's usually like an injury or something, um, in more lighter senses, it's actually, I've been monitoring my self-help lately based off of um, the condition of my house plants uh, for my mental state. Usually if um, I'm having plants that aren't doing so well outside of like, you know, your usual like, like pest infestations, mm-hmm. um, it usually means that like, I don't necessarily have the motivation or energy to care for them. So there's something wrong because normally I would. Mm-hmm. And, Especially, um, like, in the winter. Yes. Do you feel like self-care is harder for you, like, seasonally, like, in the winter, in the fall? Yes, definitely. Because it gets darker so soon. Mm-hmm. And I think before I was into houseplants, uh, the way I could tell was I used to be really, I still really am into playing the game The Sims, that mm-hmm. life simulator game. Yeah. And it has, like, day and night cycles. Okay. And I always hated playing the game when it was at night during nighttime because it was like okay the screen's dark it's dark out and I remember hating playing the game during the winter because it would get dark so early yeah that's really fascinating and that is something I remember about you you've always loved sims (laughs) ever since I've known you which is uh your whole life um 
Jasmine is my we're cousins, um, which is why I we've known each other for a very long time. Um, some context of why I've known, because otherwise it sounds maybe creepy. You know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but we're at all the family gatherings together. Um, so, anyways, um, so that's fascinating. Yeah, and so the just the act of of making and um, creating, and really, I I like what you said about the house plants um, because I. I'm realizing I think that might that about myself as well of just like I'll look at a plant and be like I know I need to water you but I really can't even bring myself yeah I just don't feel like it yeah if I was feeling good mentally like I would just be like oh yeah let me get because I'm a person who's like if there's something needs to be done I'll just do it like Mm I feel better if it's done whether that's like dishes or whatever but Mm -hmm. if it's like if I don't feel like doing it then Mm -hmm. I'm like either physically like exhausted mm-hmm. or like it's something emotionally or mentally yeah definitely that's a really good point um i've seen this it's probably like a meme by now but um of naming plants after yourself and after your friends yeah i've heard about that and are you talking to the plant? Are you caring for the plant? Are you feeding and watering the plant? Like you need to be doing all those same things for yourself. And so I think it's interesting that you do kind of make that connection, even if maybe, you know, not directly, like I'm caring for myself. And so my plants are in good health, but like taking care of plants is taking care of a living being, even if it is a plant. Like, yeah. on a certain other extent, like, if my house is kind of messy, I'm not a messy person. Like, I mm-hmm. know that something's up, but, like, yeah. it takes longer to notice that than it does, like, a wilting plant yes. or a browning plant. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why I try to get plants that, like, don't really require a lot of water in retrospect. <laughs> you tend to overwater. I do. I overwater my plants because I'm like, aren't you thirsty? And they're like, bitch, no, I'm not thirsty. I'm a fucking succulent. And then... <laughs> you guys switch to, like, hydroponics. <laughs> I yeah so they're just like yes water and then I'll probably somehow fuck that up that was very pessimistic of me I probably would do great with hydroponics but um because you have that thing what is that thing you have it's, it's like, like it's an arrow garden it's okay it's just a brand of hydroponic gardens oh, okay but you pretty much just put water and nutrients into the tank yeah you adjust the height of the light as they get taller but that's it they just like thrive on their yeah yeah I've been like trying to clip off as much lettuce as I can to mm-hmm. stop if like the tall lettuce from blocking the lower leaves because mm-hmm. otherwise they'll die. But I can only eat but so many salads. Yeah, <laughs> I can't keep up. Like I did this so I would eat more salads. Like yeah, I don't I don't eat enough greens and I'm okay. gonna eat more greens so I can be like healthy and like take care of myself. <laughs> yes, look at but you. I hate yes, how like lettuce goes bad so quickly. Oh yeah, that's why so I, I don't like, buy lettuce. Grow the lettuce, it'll solve the problem. But now I'm like. I can't keep up with how fast this lettuce you could, is growing. You could maybe like uh, juice them or something. I guess that's true. Ew, I just, wait. I, been I don't know if you do that. I was like real little. I just, the thing about juicing is like, I don't want to clean the juicer afterwards. Yeah, There's so like, many like, parts. Yeah. Blenders. Cause I, that's why, because I remember my mom, my mom and I were really into juicing when I was, like, really young. She used to make me carrot juice. But it was, like, yeah. to clean the juicer was such a big to-do. Because back then, juicers were huge. They took up, like, half yeah. the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So I have a very nice, sleek juicer that literally someone just gave to me for free. Um, and, and like, 
maybe it was last summer I was like juicing everything and I was like yes and then I was like god I'm so fucking tired of cleaning this thing and so I have not juiced um since then (laughs) but I'm embarrassed because I'm like I like genuinely like it it's just it's the cleanup it's It's the cleanup for me yeah yeah um I'm about about, making things easier that like trying to find ways to like either like market it to myself yeah so I think it's fun yeah or just like finding a different solution yeah yeah exactly um I tried to like sell myself on like wow you're making uh compost ingredients right because like the pulp from like the veggies and the fruits but like I don't I don't compost so it was just going in the trash and then I was like maybe I'll keep it and give it to someone but like you got to be like on a tight schedule because it's it's food waste essentially um, <laughs> until you put it in some dirt or whatever. So, you know, one day I'll start juicing again. But um, yeah, that's really neat. Um, the, the hydroponic thing. Um, yeah, I recommend it. They grow so fast. Yeah, they grow up so yeah. fast. Um, <laughs> and are you just doing lettuce or are you doing other? Um, I've got some tomatoes uh, and jalapeno plant going. But mm-hmm. those haven't like uh, flowered yet or anything. Okay. And then I have a basil plant, which I haven't used yet. I need to because basil's going to take over the whole thing if I don't. Yeah. Basil grows but so quickly and, and I haven't easily. Made, like, I'm waiting for like to make a pizza or like a chili or something. Oh, you should make pesto. Really. Do you like pesto? Eh. Okay. Okay. Because pesto <laughs> is okay. fully yeah. just basil and some oil. Um, you should just put it in your greens. That's true. I could do I that. started doing that like with I had like extra cilantro and like I'll go through like a two day period every month, maybe maybe every other month where I'm like, yeah, salads are cool. I don't really fuck with salads like that. But if you add herbs in with just like the greens that you're eating, it's really yeah. good, actually. Yeah, it took me to like, I think last year to learn that you're supposed to just like season salad yes no one told no me. one told you're thinking like salads were just gross stupid yeah was but like well it's just like any other food why wouldn't you exactly and season each individual it. thing that you put on the salad and that was like yeah yeah salad salad game has changed still don't super love them but i am happier to eat them if i know that they're well seasoned yeah. um definitely um well, we're talking about salads and greens. Did I not say tangential? Um, <laughs> I mean, what's to be more self-care than, like, trying to get more greens? That's true. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes, actually, trying to get more greens. And I think that's actually a really clever way that you did that, though, Jasmine, of, like, literally, like, well, I guess I'll just grow it and I have no choice but to eat if it. If I grow it, I'll care about it. Yeah. So, well, like, and I put the effort in. Yeah. Honestly, these, this, I don't know if it's just because they're hydroponics or what. The leaves taste kind of buttery. Ooh, what kind of lettuce is it? I've got like seven different kinds okay. in there, but I can I could not tell you all of the ones I have in there. I know I've got some deer tongue. I've got oh, I haven't heard that one. What is it? There's a few different like red lettuces in there. One's like to hive or something. I don't know. I don't, something's like something of seasons like. I know like three types of lettuce. So and you yeah, did I not name any know. of I them. I just grab random seeds. <laughs> and I'm just like, let's go. Let's try this. But yeah. They all kind of have like a buttery taste. Okay. So you really don't have to add that much to them. But it's like, now I'm eating salads. Look at like you. Before, like, my body was just like, you need more greens in your life. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Maybe one day I'll grow lettuce. But probably not. Um, 
But um, okay, so how do you take care of your mind, your body, and your spirit? Okay, I guess I'll try to do them in that order. Um, you don't have to. Mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no. Don't. Why would you? No, <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, mind-wise, I feel like I am best at keeping my mind like in the order because it's just like for me. Actually, I would say mind and spirit, I have a good balance. It's my body I don't have as great of a balance for. Okay. Because, like, my mind, it's like, I love reading. Like, I love consuming as many books as I can. And now that, like, audiobooks are, like, as accessible as they are now. Mm Because I back in my day, I had to, like, go to my library and get, like, a cassette tape. And, like, a cassette player from the library. Yes. Which, and, like, they didn't have that many options. No, no. Books on tape were not a thing. Yes. No, not. Like now it's like oh it's so easy like we have the Libby app and I can just mm-hmm. local library download stuff. But like, yeah, I love listening to audiobooks. Like I've gotten through so many books. I think last year I read over like a hundred something. Holy books, shit! And my goal was just to get through like thirty. Okay. <laughs> but like that's like that is like something because it's like I've always had a love of books, but it's just like something that like I reconnected with after college because I think through college you just kind of read whatever they tell you you keep your head down and you read yeah yeah they, i was like this is a book and it's like those books were fine but it was like you know i'd like to pick my own books now mm-hmm. and so after i graduated college i made this like goal i was like i'm only gonna read or i'm gonna try to like prioritize reading books by um either women uh people of color uh queer writers trans writers like i made this goal mm-hmm. of just or like non like american like writers yeah yeah and i've been doing that since so, i mean there's been like a few like straight white cis male books like in there but mm-hmm. for the most part it's been like this wide range of like different writers coming from different places yeah and it's been so great and it's like so much more interesting than if i was just going by like what's what's the top yeah like whatever um and and like through that i've also been like looking into because a lot of writers will like recommend other writers which is just like my favorite way to get book recommendations of course like someone like a writer on instagram will be like oh well this is my favorite writer right now and i'm like oh okay let me it's like it's like this fun network and i feel like a form of self-care for me is recommending books to people okay well as much as i love reading tell me books to other people what what is the most recent book that you would recommend that you Um, have read i guess like most recent i did just finish reading conjure women okay i think i've heard of that actually it's about it's kind of well the book kind of takes place if it kind of hops between like reconstruction era and slavery era but it's about um i guess like the the healing woman um who was on the plantation and off the plantation during this time, but it's talking about that sort of um, the switch between when this person was um, kind of looked up to by the community and kind of needed by the community and how that kind of shifted um, just as like assimilation into like larger American society kind of worked. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a historical fiction, but the author did a lot of research um, based off of, uh, because I think after, maybe even during slavery, after the, like, someone went around and, like, asked a bunch of, like, former slaves who knew about healing medicines, so they asked them about their knowledge. And so wow, like, that's the okay. research behind it. Yeah. I really love well-researched books. Yeah. Um, like, I think 
Ta-Nehisi Coates's uh, Water Dancer that came out like last year, mm-hmm. I think like that one was really well researched. Um, they had like all these like letters and paperwork from like the Underground Railroad that like helped them write the book. And mm. I was just like, I loved well-researched stuff. Yeah. Um, but like reading, recommending books to other people, um, like that's for me mentally. Um, spiritually, it's just like, I believe in, I think it was like, this is kind of cheesy, but I think Oprah said this, but like, um, like, like creating art is prayer. Ooh. It's like, like, is a saying, like, I remember hearing that and being like, that's it. That's, that's what it is. Cause it's like, I always feel most like myself and most like at peace when I'm creating, if, even if I'm like at a point where I'm creating something that's not working and I'm getting frustrated, I still feel way better than if I wasn't creating. And if I go too long without even attempting to create something, mm-hmm. um, I feel stuck in this weird, I'm trying to think it's, it, I mean, it's just like stuck. It's like, it feels sluggish. I feel frustrated with myself. And it used to be really, I used to have really bad anxiety around not being productive enough. Okay. But I realized that went like, I'm trying to think how long ago that was, maybe like four or five years ago, I realized that that wasn't productive. Yeah. Like that wasn't healthy to be like, I'm not doing anything that's bad. I have to be doing something. Otherwise I'm like, like I felt like my worst was connected to it, which isn't good. And so mm-hmm. I like squashed that. Like that was like a big thing I tried to squash. Um, and so I got to the point where if it's like, I learned it's okay to rest. Like it's okay to not do something to be like, you know what? I don't need to do something, but I balance that now with like, I don't feel anxiety around that at all anymore, but I do know the difference. I can tell the difference between like sort of capitalistic, like you must be productive feeling versus like you haven't been creating, like there's a difference between those two things. Mm-hmm. And I now can see those differences. Yeah. That's fantastic. And and it's neat that you do get to create art and um, it still be connected to like your spiritual well-being, but also it translates into, it can be translated into a more capitalistic um, thing of like, you know, being in an exhibit or like having, you know, commissions and stuff like that. I think that's neat that I think that's what a lot of people kind of dream to do, right? To like do something that they love and healthy, but also like be able to monetize it because ultimately like we can be as anti-capitalistic as possible, but we also like have to exist in this and, you know, Duke Energy doesn't care about your bills. Yeah. I try to make it so that like I'm creating for something I need to express, I need to tell, Mm -hmm. but... And then, like, I'll figure out a way afterwards to maybe market it or sell it or whatever. Because some things aren't going to translate well to sellability. That's just the factor of it. Mm -hmm. I try not to, for the most part, to not make something with the intention to sell um, from the get-go. So it's like I try to keep my my monetization separate from my creative process. Okay, yeah. It's just why I don't do too many commissions. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's really, I think that's really important. Um, I think, um, so there's probably like, you know, there's probably been multiple studies on this, but, um, have you ever heard of the study about like the two groups of kids and one, um, was like told to, you know, draw something or create something, 
um, and whoever was going to get the you know whoever was going to have the best drawing was going to win a prize and the other ones the other group was just told basically like create something because that's fun and the the ones who were just told to create just because tended to be more creative and just in general be happier as they were creating whereas the kids who were told like there's a contest whoever's going to draw the best house or whatever is going to get a prize um, didn't really think out of the box that much and were a lot less happy. And I feel like that's kind of this a similar sentiment that you mentioned of just like you're aware that there is opportunities to monetize things and you're aware of money and capitalism, but you are making sure to create for creating's sake rather than like I have to be the best so that I can win the prize kind of thing. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's just, it just adds another layer of pressure if mm-hmm. that's what you're setting out to do. Yeah. And then it, it makes things, I think it makes things too precious. I think that's like a big Ooh. thing with artists is like a lot of times people, when they first start being artists, they're really like, like, like they first decide like they want to be an artist. They like decide, they get to the point where things are too precious they don't want to like ruin the sketchbook they're afraid of that first page of the sketchbook Mm -hmm. they're afraid of messing up and so that's a lot of people will like stick to using pencil because they can erase it but like you know if you stick to using ink you'll learn like if you mess up just redo it it's not precious you can just draw another one if you Mm -hmm. mess up a sketchbook like it's a sketchbook you just go to another page but like if you get stuck on things being too precious it holds you back and I think thinking too much on like what well, is the sellable will other people like it can I market like that adds a weird level of it like is this is this precious enough for other people mm. that can hold you back on what you need to do versus if you were just like oh I can just make another one I can make another one and eventually like you'll get to what it needs to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you could be like you know what this is so good I should share this with other people or you know I think someone would like this in their home or something like that mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, not everything has to be that way. I mean, maybe there's times where you can balance it where there is like a precious piece, but maybe you've made like five other personal pieces Yeah. on the side. Like, you know, there's, it's going to be different for different people. It also depends on like, you know, like if your art really lends to, to like markability in the first place. Cause I feel like some people's art may just naturally just lead into like kind of an easier transition into being sold than others and that's I mean that's just from person to person okay and um what would make something more uh sellable I guess um I mean because everyone's gonna have their own markets I mean there's simple things just like size um like I do do large installation work sometimes like that can't fit in someone's home yeah um uh I mean I guess if something's like too niche but okay but I mean, niches are important, you know, you yeah. should have an audience. I mean, when I decided that I was like, you know, I'm a black femme Southern artist, like that, and I'm sharing my story, like that's my audience. Like mm-hmm. not every black femme Southern like person is going to identify with my work, but like a lot will, yeah. and a lot of people outside of that realm will too. But, you know, that's who I'm focusing towards when I tell my story. Mm-hmm. And if I was going to just try to make this appealing to everybody, it just wouldn't be appealing to anybody at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so it it sounds sometimes like just trusting also that there will be an audience, 
or like, finding it. I don't think you necessarily trust there's an audience, but mm-hmm. you can find the audience. They're out there somewhere. There's your folks are out there somewhere. Mm. You just have to find them. Yeah. Wow. I'm like taking notes from my own my own personal self. But thank you for that. <laughs> I, well, I I mean, I worry about that for this podcast, you know, like are other people going to want to hear like queer trans BIPOC um, talk about how they take care of themselves and how their identity affects how they take care of themselves. I'm like, do people want to hear that? <laughs> they definitely do. I just now kind of like found that side of YouTube recently mm. and by accident. And I was just like, wow, I wish I'd found this stuff sooner. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I just think it's such a beautiful, intimate thing to find things that make you feel like as you should be like to find things that make you feel good and feel grounded and it's it's just it's different things for different people and I just want to know about it and so um, I always appreciate hearing like, oh, well, this is something that I do. And I was sharing with you before we started recording, like the last person I talked to, um, he likes to read sci-fi, but he um, he doesn't like to read uh, when he's like dealing with certain issues in his life. He doesn't like to read. Um, what what was it? It was oh historical, like historical black fiction, basically. Um, he's like, because, you know, if I'm just like feeling raw from dealing with racism I don't want to read more about racism and like that's for him you know but you said that you love that shit yes boundaries boundaries. you know like exactly exactly I had to sort of set you know I'm in a relationship Mm -hmm. with someone who I'm in a you know in like a what is it interracial relationship whatever the word is for that Mm -hmm. and I had to kind of set boundaries right now because there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. with like quarantine and the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot going on. I had to kind of set boundaries with because my partner works in the news, so he, he wants to talk about those oh, things. Oh wow, like, I forgot about he's that. Like, I was at the protest today. This is what's happening. I was at this thing. There was a shooting. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of set boundaries because, like, the reason he's bringing these things up is because you know he respects me as a person. He wants to hear my opinion on these things. Mm-hmm. He like he wants to talk about these things, and I get that. But it's like I just set boundaries. I'm like, today I'm not feeling up to that. I don't want to discuss this. I mm-hmm. kind of have to just be within myself today. And he was like, fair enough. Okay. I'm sorry to distress, have distressed you. Like, I get that. Mm-hmm. Just let me know when I'm doing that. Yeah. So I can, like, know when to back up. Yeah. And that was just part of, like, what I needed to do this year anyway. Mm-hmm. I totally understand that. I think, um, I think a lot of us are discovering new boundaries within ourselves and learning how to assert those because it's really hard to escape everything that's going on especially because we can't even really distract ourselves by being busy out and about right like I can't really like go to brunch I mean I could because shit's actually open in in Charlotte North Carolina but you know like I can't like go to brunch I can't like there aren't parties to go to Um, So it's a lot of like if I'm connecting with people, it's it's online, you know, it's like through FaceTime or it's through some sort of Zoom meeting or online course or something like that. Um, And so it makes it very hard to ignore the fact 
one, the reason why we're having to stay in. Um, But it just means that we're extra aware of all the shit that's going on, I think, because we we're on we're on the internet to escape from just being at home all day because there's a pandemic happening um and so i think that it's it's making a lot of people uncomfortable but i think that really in the past month or month or, or maybe two months people have been kind of a lot better maybe i'm saying people maybe i mean me um at boundaries and of like you know what i'm actually not going to look at this news story right now because I know how I feel right now, and I know that it's not going to um, end well um, with me looking and engaging in that. So I think it's great that you have that. You know, your your partner does respect those boundaries and also recognize like he has a lot more. He has access to shit a lot more than most of us do, just because he's literally in the field of yeah. He's supposed to be in the streets doing the shit. So. Um, yeah, that's definitely a thing. Um, okay. So mind, body, spirit. Um, did we get, did we hit them all? I don't think I really talked about body as much. No. Okay. Um, I was thinking the the salad. I just mentioned I was weak at it. Okay. Um, that's something I've been working on, I think for like the last year or two, because last year off my, I just kept getting sick. Mm -hmm. I kept getting injuries and I will keep pushing myself because I'm like, well, things still have to get done. Mm. And I've always kind of been like, I haven't been like the healthiest child like growing up. I was never really in all that great of a condition. But I think for like a good chunk of like my adolescence and teen years, I was just in denial. I was just like, if I believe my body is stronger than it is, then it will be. Ooh. And that's not the case. This doesn't work that way. Unfortunately. It seemed to have worked that way for a while, but it's like now that I'm adult, like it's like my body's like, we can't maintain this. Mm-hmm. You have to like recognize that you have a body for like it's like sometimes you just don't think about you're like yeah you know you think of your just yourself as just like who you are you don't necessarily connect to the body you're in all the time like I know I have a body like I'm not you know like crazy but it's like I don't think of it all the time Mm -hmm. and so it's like I'll think more about like okay I need to do this I have this thing I want to do I have this idea I want to create this and then it's like my body takes a back seat mm-hmm. to that so mm-hmm. and the only time I will I used to remember that is when like something would get in the way like last year I had like this um, sort of like a wrist thumb injury mm. which stopped me from making mm-hmm. and so I like stopped everything I was just like I'm going to just use my left hand I'm going to let this fully rest mm-hmm. I'm going to buy like products so I can exercise this wrist to, like make sure I can get to the point where this is not a reoccurring or a permanent injury because gotcha. I need to make but like I had a knee injury like I still kind of like it still kind of hurts but like I had a knee injury like like a month or so ago mm-hmm. and I was sort of like I don't need my knee to to make stuff so I was just like whatever about it and I was like that's not okay you know? <laughs> I don't like, need I my knee to make stuff so fuck <laughs> this knee I was just like, <laughs> You know, I wasn't like, let's beeline it to the doctors like I was with, like, the wrist injury. Right. Sort of like, I'll get, like, a knee guard and call it a day. But, like, in actuality, I should, like, daily try to, like, maintain a sort of, like, balance with my body of, like, mm-hmm. I know you have, I need to, like, remind myself, like, I need to acknowledge its limitations. It needs care just like everything else about me. Mm-hmm. And that it's important. Yeah. Okay. Um... Well, I had a question. I don't remember it. 
Um, it had something to do with um, that awareness of uh, like not being like a, a well child and um, being, as I call it, an indoor kid. You were, you were definitely an indoor kid. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> we were like literally running through the woods and you'd be like, cool, I'm in the house. Yeah, that's when I would sneak onto the computer and like and play Sims. Play Sims. Yes. <laughs> Even though it wasn't my Sims game. Uh, yeah, whose game was it? It was probably it was Chris's. Chris's. Yeah. Um, yeah, I killed all of his Sims and I wanted to move my Sims into his Sims. Oh my game. God, what? You can do that? Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. You can just set fireworks off in the house. Because it was Sims 1, you just set fireworks off in the house. I see. In my defense, I had seen him do it first. So that's how I learned that behavior. That does um, seem like some shit that Chris would do. That's what anybody who plays The Sims does. We've all, we've all like, killed our Sims in, like, a swimming pool. Like, that's just normal Sims player behavior. Oh, my God. I would totally be worried if I knew that my child was, like, murdering fake people on the internet. But I, I mean, that's... That's, that's literally like that's the first thing you learn to do in Sims, honestly. <laughs> Sims one, because all you had to do was move the ladder. They fixed it now, so you have to like build a wall around the pool, so they because they can just get out of the pool without a ladder now. Okay. But, <laughs> I'm. This is like anyone who's listening who's played Sims, they know exactly what I'm talking. About. <laughs> There's certain behavior that is like that every Sims person has done. Oh my god! It's just like you know, like everyone, because it's like it's just a game for like teenagers. So uh-huh. it's like so you're going to like be like I'm going to kiss every sim on in the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like kill the sim because I, I didn't just kill sims because I was just like I just want to see what happens. I would do because they wouldn't listen to me. I'm a terrible, <laughs> I'm a terrible god. Because in sims you're like they're god. Oh my god. So I'd be god. like, okay, you need you need to like use the bathroom. You need to go pee. And they'd be like, I don't want to. And I'm like, well, you have to. And they're like, well, I don't want to. So I'm like, well, okay, you're not gonna listen to me. I'm trying to look out for you. You're gone. <laughs> But then the other Sims in the house would get upset because that Sim's gone. So then I had to kill them too because they oh were too sad my god! To, to me, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a vicious cycle. But that's I, the Sims, really, that's not just me. That's just how like uh, half the people who play Sims play the Sims. Now I want to know, like, if you're listening and you play Sims, I want to know if you've killed Sims like uh, like Jasmine <laughs> has apparently been doing. There's life. two things you do in The Sims. You either kill everybody or you make everyone as gay as possible. Like the only <laughs> two sides of Sims. That's it. Or you're like that weird person who's just into building buildings. Like, oh. I don't get those people at all. <laughs> Pick up Minecraft for that. That's funny. Well, I did not know that. I played Sims maybe a grand time, like three times, and I think two of those were with you. So, And I just yeah. didn't know what was the going on. The game's changed so much since like back then. I mean... Jam, my partner, um, also really likes Sims. Have y'all had that conversation before? No, I would love to have that conversation. They, they're like, it's to the point where they are considering buying a computer so that they can play Sims overseas because all they have is like a tablet and like a work computer. And yeah, and they're like, I want to play Sims. And like, I I mean, they, they're really into, I mean, they're into video games, but like, they're also, they like Sims. And is it called like Second Life Games? Second World? I would say this is more like Life Simulator Games. Second Life's like its own separate. Oh, well, they also are into Second Life. Um, Or they were. Second Life has like its own economy. Like, I don't. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, and I know none of it, right? Like, 
um, don't even know how to cut on the PlayStation that's in our house kind of situation. So I don't. It just cuts off like automatically now for some reason. (laughs) Like I'll just turn the TV on. It'll be like, did you want PlayStation? I'm like, no, I didn't. See? I just wanted to watch YouTube. Please stop. Please stop talking to me. Um, but yeah, that's, wow. I got a good cackle out of that. Um, do you think that because of, um, I guess your health as a child, do you think that that affects how you take care of yourself or what you do and don't do now as an adult to take care of yourself? Oh, definitely. Okay. Like, are you still an indoor person? I am definitely an indoor person. Like everyone who spoke to me was just like, oh, you must be really enjoying quarantine. And I was like, I'm honestly fine. Like, I worked really hard to make my my indoor space as comfortable as possible. Yeah. So now that I'm stuck in it, I'm like, oh, I prepared for this. Yeah. Like, I prepared to not talk to people for long periods of time. Uh-huh. And I have a slew of indoor activities I can do. Okay. Um, but as far as, like, being sick, like, it, like being sick as a child is definitely affected how I take care of myself now. Because it's like, I don't really care for doctors just yeah, because of, no. like, the interactions I had with them. Mm-hmm. as like a child like I've even made an art piece on this where like an early like a very early age I was just like oh me and my black body doesn't matter to you as yeah. well. like it's a joke to you yeah like my black pain is a joke and I learned that super early on I mean like I talked to my mom like my I feel like my mom thinks my art practice is just me remembering stuff she hopes I don't remember <laughs> and then making it a public art <laughs> to to just upset her because I told oh. her she was just, about I was just like you remember when that doctor laughed at me when what? I like I was having trouble breathing I'm making a piece about it right now and she was just like you remember that and I was like yeah she's like do you remember we got a new doctor like immediately after that and I was like no she's like yeah because that wasn't the only thing he did he made some comments too shit and after that like she was just like bye and like found a black doctor yeah like, if there's one thing your mom is gonna do she's gonna fucking advocate for her kids is it's really yeah. wonderful, but... But she was just, like, so upset I remember. like, why do you keep taking things that I hoped you wouldn't remember <laughs> and make them art? But that's what I do. Like, I'm petty. Like, I'll just say, like, <laughs> I'm not going to say something about it now, but you wait in, like, <laughs> several years. There's going to be an art piece about it. Um, but, like, that interaction, I just, like, yeah. I learned early on, like, okay, my black pain is not as valued. So, like, mm. I used to get in arguments with my ex about this sort of thing. Because he would just have, like, my ex would just have, like, the most minor... And he's like, he was like a straight cis white man. Mm-hmm. And he would just have like a minor like pain or something. And he'd just be like, oh, this is, and I'd be like, why? Stop. Like, why are you complaining? Yeah. But it would just be like, because like he grew up being like, if he was uncomfortable, he mm-hmm. could voice it and people would like respond. Yeah. And wow. I was like, no, like, don't. Like, I will just put up with it in yeah. silence. Yeah. That's what was been normalized for me. So I would get annoyed. I'd be like, you're, you're fine. Stop. Yeah. That's. Meanwhile, like. Mm-hmm. It would take to the point where, like, I couldn't move for him to be like, oh, like, you're in pain. Why mm. haven't you voiced this? Like, I would have done something. And that's just, like, the case anytime. Like, I'm sick. I'll be, like, trying to push through. And yeah. I've had people at work send me home. They're like, go home. Like, they yeah. need you here if you're not well. Right, yeah. Like, stop. So I try to, like... Like, I know, like, my mom's kind of way about, like, avoiding going to the doctors. Like, I still try to avoid going to Oh, absolutely. Here. Now that we have, like, the teledoc thing where you can call a doctor, I'm like, yes, like, that's great. (laughs) If that doesn't work, then I'm like, oh, I guess I have to go. Like, go for real, Um, yeah. I try to be better now about, like, 
voicing my pain. It feels, it still feels awkward to me. Okay. Like, I'm still, like, I feel like I'm just saying something that people don't care about. But mm. I'm just like, no, I need to be like, this is uncomfortable, this hurts. If I voice it, like, there's a better chance of it getting resolved mm-hmm. or solved or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that was definitely a factor of just, like, of have that's just years of, like, getting through that. Yeah, definitely. I, um... I I did not grow up as an indoor child, um, <laughs> as you put it. Um, I I was like I was out in like the streets playing with my cousins, which I have a thousand cousins um, on between both sides of my family. But um, but yeah, so like I I mean I but I do just remember being othered by doctors, um, and. Um, the big thing for for me was was weight. They were always concerned that I was overweight, and um, when really the standards that they were holding me up against were against my like white peers. And so I grew up my whole life with this com- with this complex of like I'm overweight, I'm bigger than everyone else, and only recently have I realized that like my literal size, like my height and my weight and even down to my shoe size, I'm remarkably average. Like <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I'm not as tall as I feel like I am. I I don't weigh as much as it, like I'm not uh I don't take up as much physical space as I think that I do. Yes, they make you feel bigger. Like, yeah, you're not. You know, you're, not. you're small. You're I'm short. short. <laughs> like I grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods for Same. most of my life, mm-hmm. and so in comparison, I would just be like, "Oh well, I'm not skinny." But but I, I like at least I knew in my head I knew to distance myself from that standard. Somehow mm, in my head. I did not. Yeah, I was just like, my body isn't built like their body. Yeah, but it's not big either. So I just differenced it in my yeah. head which I think helped for like me. absolutely I have, I have surprisingly high self-esteem for someone who was in predominantly in like white neighborhoods my whole life mm-hmm. and was always just like that one black kid in class like I have surprising high self-esteem but I think that was because I was able to be like okay my body is not built like that body my hair is not yeah. built like that yeah but there's nothing that I can actually do to alter that so I should be like I so I should just be okay with that. Like, yeah. I should be I should be okay with me because I was just like, well, do I like me? And like like I remember asking myself like when I was little, I was like, do I like me? And I was like, yeah. And then mm-hmm. that was it. I was just like, that's great. There's a difference. Yeah. I I also grew up in like predominantly white um, areas of of Charlotte, and um, I did I really didn't make that connection. Um, and it's not because I wasn't aware that like I, I wasn't aware of race. Um, it was more of just I just I just thought that we all were the same. Like I just thought like, oh, we're just different colors and like our hair is different. Right. Like that's the only difference I knew. But I and I just I didn't. And it wasn't explained to me. And and part of that is because like my mom wasn't a particularly large person. Um, she. I would, I guess, would be described as petite, but I, I honestly don't remember I think how. She was like the smallest framed out of. Um, exactly. Yeah, she was the smallest frame, and and both my parents were really athletic, um, and that's not not my thing, um, and so my yeah, like my, my mom was like had a smaller frame, I guess, um, and all the pictures that I saw of her, she was just a skinny kid. Um, and so I just thought that like, I was just this massive child. (laughs) Um, and so, 
you know, and the doctors kind of affirmed that where they were like, we're going to have to like do a blood sample to see how much fat is in your blood to see if we need to put you on a diet, you know? This is like you were just a kid. And I was a kid. Like, I mean, like, first of all, I was like literally a kid. Like I was going to yeah. a pediatrician. I was in elementary school and I'm hearing something about having to go on a diet because I'm larger than my white classmates. It was just like... And and that obviously is something that I internalize for a good portion of my life where I'm like, oh, I'm a larger than normal person. And I really, truly am 5'4 on a good day, okay, including my hair, right? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just under 5'4. And so, like... And so I really like I internalize that and and, you know, it's informed how I like see myself and and all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, from from a young age, I think it's brilliant and wonderful that you were able to realize kind of the bullshit um, from a young age, because that definitely wasn't something that I that I did that I had. Um, I didn't really understand. And so. But I, I, what I would understand was how surprised, how surprised they were at how healthy I was. And this still actually happens today. Um, <clears throat> like, they're like, oh, this child's fine, you know? <laughs> like, I don't get it because, like, they're, like, kind of chubby. But, like, this kid's, like, fine. Their blood pressure, blood sugar, whatever the fuck is, like, they're a healthy kid. I don't understand. And I'm yeah, like... You should be a mess right now. <laughs> and I was like healthy. But like that still happens today, right? Like I'll go I I'll go to like my annual I hate calling it this so I won't. So I'll just call it the gynecologist. Um they gender it so much and and yeah, I'm I just that's not the annual work. I just avoid it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I I, I had a real bad experience at one. Oh and yeah. They were so like judgy what? for no reason. Like, yeah, it was just like it was like I was made to wait too long because I was one of the people who weren't pregnant who were there. Okay, so, like I wasn't prioritized there, and mm-hmm. then I get there and they're just so judgy. Like, how dare you show up here and like I guess not be pregnant so you're less. Pre- I don't know. I didn't like it, so I was just like, you know. What? Did you find a different doctor? I did. Okay, but like I just I move around too much, so I just I have to like find a doctor every time I move, and I was just like, yeah, about it. I'm just not about it. I drive all the way. Well, I used to live in Concord, which is just like on top of Charlotte, and so I still will drive. I drive all the way to to Concord for my doctor, and she's she's cool. Like she's cool, and um, they they sometimes ask, you know. So like I'm in like a same like sex uh, relationship, and so sometimes they forget that, and they they'll well, and they're just like, um are you sexually active? And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, okay, like, what are you using as birth? And this was like before I was actually had started taking birth control again. And, and I'm like, I'm gay. (laughs) So, (laughs) and they're like, oh, and then like, it's like, they have to like switch in their head to a different set of questions or something. And, and they're like this weird assumption list that they have to go through. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, I don't, it feels intrusive, but they also are looking fully inside of my vagina. So it's, it's like, like some questions. Is <laughs> I feel like how they speak and the questions bother me far more. Really? And yes, that's the main reason I voice because I don't need an attitude or to overthink. Like maybe they didn't have an attitude, but it was me. I don't need mm. that in my life. 
I don't like all of these weird assumptions that like are kind of tied to the question. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, that that was one thing that I noticed um, when I was just like, I don't want to have a period. I just don't want it. It's not doing. It's not adding any value to my life. Like. I just it's like not a good time and I know that I'm not pregnant so it's not like a good reminder to me you know that I'm not pregnant um and so like why do I have to bleed I just I don't understand and so I was talking to my doctor about it and um and and something that I appreciate about, about her is that she does give very thorough descriptions and so instead of just being like here here's the first birth control that popped into my head take this right? She was like, here are all the different options that we can do that will stop your period. And it was like, it's as easy as like taking a pill or getting like a shot once a month or whatever that thing is, or a patch. So like all the, the typical hormonal ones to, um, she didn't mention an intra uterine, an IUD. Is that what it's called? Yeah. She didn't mention that, which I didn't want. So that's fine. But, um, you know, all the way down, she's like, you know, I could also just do like a hysterectomy. And she was like being a little sarcastic, but also like she, she could do a, she could do a hysterectomy. <laughs> like <laughs> She can just take that shit out. And I, um, and I like toyed with the idea and then, um, and I was like, no, no, I think just the pill will be fine. Let me not just get surgery just cause like periods are an inconvenience. And for yeah, me, a it's a lot. Right. Um, I mean, it's like, let's the offer. I mean, yeah, yeah. Instead of just like, here's a pill. Stop crying about having your little bitch ass period. Um, and yeah, it's just like I need to learn to like, I guess, go out of my way to try to find a doctor I can trust. Definitely. It's just like there's a weird wall there because it's just like. I purposefully I looked for a black woman doctor. I knew that I wasn't going. I knew, knew, knew that I wasn't going to have a male gynecologist because why? I don't. Yeah. I don't understand, like, fully. Like, I, I don't get it. Um, the only way I might consider... I'm going to shut up. I'm not even going to say that. No. Not going to do it. Um, <clears throat> and I have had a male gynecologist when I was a kid. They thought that something was wrong with, like, my uterus or something. And so I was, like, in elementary or middle school or something like that. And I went to this one gynecologist and I was like, I hate it here. Um, well, and it also like, they tell you like, don't be naked in front of strange adults. Yeah. And especially don't be naked around like men. And then there's like a man that's literally like, take your clothes off. Now I'm like engaging with your vagina that you just learned about. Yeah. There's a lot of conflicting information in that. I Mm, think. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand and, and also, I have heard horror stories about man uh, gynecologists who were pervs. So I'm good on that. Um, like, that's going to be, I will just assume literally never go to the gynecologist and have a male gynecologist. But anyways, but yeah, like, and so I was just like, I don't know, maybe. And they're like, well, you're not, you don't think that you might want to like have kids in the future? And I was just like... I'm in a same-sex relationship, so if I'm really pressed about, like, pregnancy, we got two uteruses to choose from, and it ain't going to be mine. So will y'all stop worrying about, like, the future of my uterus just in case I change my mind after an entire lifetime of not wanting kids? Right. Like, chill, you know? Or an entire lifetime being told not to, like... 
Yeah. That's my big thing now is, like, I talk to my sisters about this all the time, is now it's, like, the parents or, and grandparents are like, where are the kids? And then, and like, like, I, I don't know. my whole life <laughs> to avoid this. Yes. And I've done a great job on it so far. <laughs> Look at and me, not pregnant. I'm supposed to just, like, switch gears. Yes, that's such a <laughs> that's good point. This yes. is part of, like, who I am at this point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's part of my moral code at this yeah. point. It's like a point. <laughs> Baby free. Yes, absolutely. That is, that's very true. Don't get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. And they're like, why aren't you pregnant? I don't understand. <laughs> my favorite thing was as a teenager mm. is like, my because you know, you're a teenager, you take naps a lot. And my mom was just like, you're napping a lot. Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just sleepy. She's like, well, are you pregnant? Whoa, that was a big was reach. Like, she so is. She was, you know, so I was just like, no, what? That why is that the jump? And she was like, okay, okay. She's like, well, if you're not pregnant, she's like, are you are you a lesbian? No, like, why is that the logic? Lesbians like, do be sleepy. <laughs> like, well, you're not pregnant, so this is the next jump. And I was just uh. like, no, I mean. I mean, I'm glad, because she was just like, because if you are, like, I'm here for you. Like, that's, that was what she, what she was trying Aww, to do. Aw, bless your mom's heart, yeah. But it was just funny that was the job. Though, in her defense, <laughs> I think most people thought I was a lesbian growing up, because, like, I'm demisexual, uh-huh. so there was never any, like, ooh, that guy, over, like, there was never that, but there was never, yeah. ooh, that girl, like, like I never did any of either, but that was just the, the assumption. Mm-hmm. Would you mind explaining a little bit more about what demisexual is, please? Okay, yeah, because I don't, <laughs> I didn't know what demisexual was to like college, and mm. I wish I had known sooner. Yeah. Um, it's a, f- oh, I mean, because there's asexuals, mm-hmm. which are like a very small percentage of the population that either feel uh, no or very little sexual attraction, and then most people are in the sexuals categories, but in between um, there is gray sexuals, and demisexuals are just the most common kind of gray sexuals, and okay. so. I can feel um, romantic and physical attraction, but I can't feel uh, like sexual or physical attraction uh, without a romantic attraction being established. Okay. So you don't like look at someone and be like, I want to jump on that dick. Yeah. It's like, that's, I've never felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been able to feel that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know there was a word for it until yeah. college. Like I, I think that the moment I knew I was demisexual was actually like in middle school. I had a, I had a friend and her mom and we were like in the car together and they were like commenting on like dudes that were like walking on the street. They were like, Ooh, that guy's cute. Ooh, this, that. And mm-hmm. I was just like, y'all are just shallow or whatever. Like I just mm-hmm. said that, like kind of joking with them. And her mom was just like, Oh, like you don't do that. And my friend who, um, isn't normally like quick to pick up on things like you know she doesn't always like she might like she cut her mom off and she's like no jasmine's not like that at all she's never been like that she doesn't mm. and like the fact that even like she was able to like yeah put that into words yeah was like the moment i knew i just didn't know there was a word for it yeah uh, that must have been also really affirming for you at that moment of like yeah like of being like this she is knows yeah what i what i am and how i am mm-hmm. and like that she was able to acknowledge it because most people would just be like well dad was just not into dudes that was the assumption even mm-hmm. though like i didn't show interest in girls either like i don't know why mm-hmm. that like they didn't make the connection of both but she was able to make that connection and i was just like yeah that is how i am because for a long time i tried to kind of i get i don't know it's it's kind of weird because i don't think this is like a major thing it's like to like sexual pass i guess mm. where i would try to mimic behaviors of people but I didn't feel it. So I would see girls be like, oh, well, this guy's doing this. So I would, like, try to mimic it. But it wasn't, like, how I actually felt. 
Okay. I um I think I think maybe that's something that a lot of queer people do, but maybe not that exact way. So like I would have a crush on a, a boy for I mean years because that would be the only like viable Yeah, like I was like he's taller than me, he has nice dark skin, uh his face is symmetrical. You're like in theory these are the things. Yeah, like if I were to be attracted right. to men, this would be this would be who I would be attracted to and I thought that that's what attraction was. <laughs> and in the meantime, I'm like low-key pining over some girl and you know just think that i really want to be her friend but i didn't know it It was in a gay way um, <laughs> so yeah i think i think that is something that actually a lot of queer people do in, in some capacity not necessarily like yeah that's Ending, like physical yeah injury. it was it was interesting because like i i try to explain to people that like i grew up where i went to like a middle school of the arts and like middle school oh, okay. and stuff mm-hmm. so like everyone around me was gay uh-huh to the point where like when I went to high school I I thought every I would just assumed everyone was bi unless they said otherwise like bi was my assumed default same people. actually I do that and now. then I went into high school and I learned that people don't do that people just assume people are straight yeah and so I was just like that but like that was the environment I grew up with during puberty wow so like for me like everyone was just like different like forms of gay or bi or, or what have mm-hmm. you but like still no one could connect like demisexual like there was no concept for asexual oh yeah sexuals at that point so yeah. it was like there was always this level of understanding around me but i still had to kind of like try to match this idea of, of like sexual attraction mm. for everyone's sake whether they were straight or gay or not mm-hmm. or not yeah you can be not straight and you can be not gay at the yeah, same time I was like yeah i was just i was thinking about it. i was like wait and i was like yeah no it makes sense still it does it does um, make sense yeah that's really that's interesting um of trying to just i mean essentially play a role and essentially like do something that's just not natural to yourself yeah right i understand that um I, and i do i really do truly think that you know every queer person even if they grew up in a very like queer affirming environment, home, friendship, and stuff like that, maybe tries to test their uh, not queerness to see, just to make sure. Yeah. So I wasted a lot of men's time dating them <laughs> and money. Like I was like, I'm a poor teacher. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a comedian who just had a special on Netflix. It was like Sam something. Oh, it's like Sam J or something. Yeah. It's like a masculine that's... center woman. Mm hmm. Yeah, that made me think of that special. That special was great. Really? I'm, I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking I'm gonna watch it. Oh my gosh, um, I was dying. Yeah, so I'll probably watch that. But uh, but yeah, so I, I definitely think that every queer person has a straight face, <laughs> where they're like, let me just see, let me just see what the big deal is, you know? Like, let me just date a boy, or let me just pretend like I'm like sexually attracted to this person, and you just you like point. And find one, and you're like, yo, you'll do. <laughs> Let me see if I can develop a fucking crush. And um, yeah, fail miserably. Um, so that's fun. That's interesting. Thank you for explaining that um, to me. Um, okay, we were, were we still talking about mind, body, spirit? We were. You, you were talking yeah, about your body. And then we talked about the doctor, and, yeah, and that's how we got all there. Yeah, so I definitely, um, I, I do think that it's, how how our bodies are treated as black people 
Um, and as, uh, I guess, female bodied people, um, affects how we take care of our bodies. Um, yeah. And it's it, like the only thing that I think I do well with my body as like a femme body is that like, I think of it well, I don't necessarily maintain it well, but like mm. I have a positive view of it. Okay. Yeah. Like, as I've been getting older, especially cause it's like. You know, like, we got some thick odds, we got you know? Thick with three C's, yes. And it's, like, my body, like, I've always, like, had, like, their legs and stuff. But it's, like, now my body is, like, manifesting into, like, their bodies. Mm. And it just feels right. Ooh. Like, I feel like I'm manifesting, like, my destiny. Oh, my like, God. Oh, there's that stretch mark I've been waiting on. There's that, like, role I've been waiting. Like, it feels right. It feels like I'm, like doing like this tradition or something like I'm yeah that's that's actually really beautiful though I um I love that I love that so much just like that and well and and you know growing up right like that is our aunts and our moms and um the just the the older women in our family that's our example of womanhood and I feel really fortunate um, on both sides of my family. I have two aunts on my dad's side and I have four aunts on um, my mom's side, which is how you and I are related. Um, and I I feel really fortunate to have like such strong examples of different ways to be women um, and different ways to be feminine and different ways to just be and so I mean growing up I was I, I was subconsciously always expecting that body that I that I just knew I was gonna have I mean genetics is just not gonna like yeah, they're not gonna let up right like if you ever see either sides of my family like them thighs them asses right I did not get the titties did not get those and I'm actually really cool about that. Like I got took after our our uh, oldest aunt. Her, her and I literally have the same like bra size. If I were to wear a bra, um, but like, yeah, like that's like I was just like, oh, this is what like a body looks like. Like this is what it's supposed to look like. But I was also getting really different messages, right? Because I looked at all like the the female bodies and our family. And then I looked at the female bodies that I was being shown in the media and like going to predominantly white schools and neighborhoods. And I was getting two different messages, right? Like, and so like I was getting like, you know, no waist, no hips, no butt, no thigh. And I'm like, that's all we got in this fucking family, man. Like... (laughs) We yeah, got- I always knew that was like, like I, I knew I was like, yeah, you're gonna get that that body type, but yeah. just like to actually start feeling it formed mm. is so like I don't know, it's so fun to me anyway. Yeah, but like growing up, like I was in predominantly white spaces, mm-hmm. and I did feel that whole like you kind of need to shrink yourself as mm-hmm. like a survival tactic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of thing, but I never at any point hated how I was built or how I was formed. Wow. By any means. Yeah, hero. Um, you're my, you're my hero. But it was just like, I, I only would shrink myself just to, as a survival thing. It wasn't because I disliked my body. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I the the thing that I was just waiting on. I was just like, I'm gonna wake up one day and they're gonna be there where, where the titties. That was it. Like I, I don't have a shortage of ass or thighs, and I have like a, I have like a, I have a very like uh womanly hour hourglass shape, right? Like I appreciate my shape. I I feel like cool with it. But I was just like, but the titties. That's gonna be the cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here I am, 32, um, still with just little little bitty ones, and that's cool. I'm actually very cool with it, but it's it's very funny because yeah, that that is. Um, I don't think I ever really realized like that was my idea of like what a woman looked like, and that's what I'm supposed to be coming right. Like you know, this was also pre like me realizing like my non binariness of just like if I'm going to like play the part of, of a woman then I need to have all these bits and pieces to, to really be a convincing woman. Um, and, um, yeah, that's a whole different thing. Okay. Love these tangents. Um, what is, and you, you have kind of hinted to this before, but like, what is something you need to improve on in self care? I mm-hmm. honestly need to find a way to make um, at least movement or exercise in some form more of a daily or weekly practice. Because it's like I used to really like to do yoga and mm-hmm. I kind of fell off of it. And then um, like I've gamified before. Like I've, I've always been a fan of like the Wii Fit franchise. Oh, yeah. Like I have the, the Switch equivalent of it. Okay. Um, it's not the same though. The Wii, the Wii Fit and the Wii U one was better. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. Nintendo, y'all messed up. Um, but, uh, it's just like, I need, especially now that like, that was like the main issue I've had with being quarantined is like, at least when I was like at work, I would like walk around more yeah, and I would, you know, I'd be moving more and I'm not moving as much, mm-hmm. which is probably why I had that knee issue. Cause my knees are like, girl, what are you doing? Same actually. Um, I, I couldn't figure out why my knees were feeling janky. And it's like, because I've literally stopped exercising the muscles around them that support my knees. Right. So I've been trying to do and more of like, that. I need to keep track of that because like both my parents like now that they're older like they do have like they need to be watching their knees so I'm like mm-hmm. well I should be watching my knees now so yeah I'm watching them as hard as y'all are mm-hmm. when I get there um but that's the main thing is just like maintaining my body um and not putting off going to the doctors um <laughs> <laughs> okay um and then something you excel at in self-care good mental um balance a good um i don't know i mean i always have some self esteem so like a good self-worth um i don't know just keeping tabs on how i'm feeling better you know i'm pretty good at keeping tabs on like how i'm feeling based off of like how i'm creating that's i mean that's just like something i'm really good at i okay. feel like is like keeping that balance of like Productivity is not associated with, um, like, my self-worth, but it is a key part of who I am. That's really cool. What is your, um, I feel like I know this, but what is your sign? What is your sun sign? Uh, cancer. Cancer. I think that's why I we think. vibe very well. You said you think? I think, yeah, I'm oh. sure. I don't, I don't know as much about that stuff <laughs> Okay. As, uh, other people. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm a cancer. I think you are, yeah. Um... I wonder what your rising sign is, but, um, how do you find that out? Like, what's the, ooh, there's apps, 
there's apps. Um, there's actually a really good website called uh, Cafe Astrology. And what you need is your birthday, like your birth date um, and your birth time. Um, so that's typically on a birth certificate. No, no, no. Big thing in like like Japan is like oh. blood types treated like. Oh, I have like, heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, like they use blood type versus like signs instead. Wow, that's interesting. So, like, you would like go to a place and like give blood, and they would tell you. I, if, like over there, they just like know. They keep track of it the way we would keep track of signs. Like that's just something wow. like you put on your paperwork, I guess. I don't know, but it's just like they treat that as like compatibility and stuff. Wow, I would be interested to, in knowing more about that. I have random theories about blood types, but I don't even know if I know my actual blood type. I don't know. My, I know my mom's blood type. But I don't. Know yeah, I know my mom's too. I wonder if our moms have the same ones. My mom has like the rare one. Yeah, so does my mom. Okay. It's like the O negative or some shit. Yeah, because yeah, they always be called. They would always, always call and be like, hey, it's been like four weeks since you've given blood. Can you please come and give some blood? And I always thought it was the weirdest thing. I was like, and she's like, yeah, sure. I'm happy to help. And I was like, you're weird. <laughs> but yeah, so that's interesting. I wonder if that, I mean, that must be like, now I want to know the rest of the aunts and what their blood type is, but um, and what granddaddy and granddaddy's is, granddaddy and grandma's is, but um, but yeah. So whole discussion like when they did the test for the was it the 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 ancestry test or whatever. That oh, they did that. Discussion. Yeah, they had like I think they had granddad and grandma do it, oh. and it just caused like a big discussion. Um, why why am I never there for that shit? I really feel I like my family later. <laughs> like some of the aunts were testing slightly different um which it could just been like a test thing like yeah. the percent, like everything was the same the percentages were different oh and, and they were so, like yeah oh. and so i was just like grandma what does that mean and grandma hey. was just like that's a shame how they're just trying to tear families apart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Cause, funny yeah because everything was like like the exact same list of like what the actual breakdown was. It's just the percentages were different for some reason. I mean, I guess maybe that's how genetics works. Yeah, I don't Fuck think I feel I know. Much, like I know the tests have room for error, but it just yeah. caused a whole like discussion. That is so funny. That is so funny. I would love to see. Um, I mean, I would love to see theirs in general, but I would love to see granddaddies especially because I think there is a lot of. Um mystery and uh assumptions and mythology surrounding granddaddy's like racial background and so i would be interested just to see what those tests do but i also wonder like how how good they are right so like or how accurate they are because i heard that like essentially the more tests that we get like the more dna that that is collected by these companies which is I, weird so I probably will never do one um but like the more DNA that's tested the more accurate it gets yeah right? right now there's a there's a weird there's a lack of information from the continent of Africa yes and so a lot of black results aren't as accurate as they could be yeah yeah or because I mean they'll be like Africa oh you're from like, like we're this not giving you our DNA. yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice try <laughs> I'll hold on to that um, yeah, and 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 one like I've seen like also like oh you you know your 
25% from this country in Africa, but there's also like how many fucking ethnicities within each country in Africa, right? So like there's and like how many of those people like like is it based off who was there prior or now because those yeah. people could have been somewhere else. Yeah, before. like there's migratory people. So yeah, so I just I wonder about that, but I wonder about like um and I and I wonder about indigenous um people in in the US and in North America as well like do they have the DNA of like super small um right, indigenous just tribes labeled as like Asian I think for a lot of times Really? See? Yeah. yeah. Um and there's also like culturally there's a lot of um confusion about different tribes and so like you know hereditary like things off differently like i know like some practice where it's based off the mom's genetics and then some is based off the dad's genetics so you can be Mm. full indigenous Mm -hmm. but because your mom was from the group that only acknowledges the dad's genetics and yeah you aren't considered indigenous at all yeah the group's viewpoint yeah it's very it's a super interesting mushy mashy messy um practice or uh, something i don't know whatever that is it's it's just it's i I remember listening to this podcast where they were talking about like you know how a lot of um i i would assume people in the south more so people in other parts of the country in the u.s um will be like oh yeah i have like cherokee in me or i'm like this percent whatever the fuck tribe um or nation um and and like i don't not believe them right because i know our family like some of our our family's ancestry and so i'm like yeah that seems entirely like possible <laughs> like i'm not gonna who am i to question i don't fucking i don't fucking know um but like so i wonder what that looks like as far as um as far as our family you know because for a long time i I was told and believed that it was Cherokee and then it wasn't until I was older like I probably might have been in my 20s or maybe like a little bit before then that they were like no it's not Cherokee it's actually this other particular one yeah, um was told me it was like just they just referred to it as like Cape Fear yeah and yeah, yeah and that's like exactly what mm-hmm. consensus, but um, not like a acknowledged group exactly and so because, yeah. I would be I would be interested just to kind of see what that looks like DNA test wise, but you're saying that a lot of it comes back as Asian. Um, well, it depends on what test you do. Yeah. I mean, there's just, it's so complex. One of which I will ne- I will never take one. So I, I mean, they can't help solve crimes. So they got that going. Really? That's huh? how they found the golden state killer. They, I mean like, like just a regular DNA test. He has a, he has a very specific genetic. Um, oh, uh, like mutation and like I guess like a nephew or somebody oh. like did one of those tests and so it pinged in like a system somewhere. Okay. Like, hey, this is a genetic mutation we pulled from the crime scenes before. Mm-hmm. This wow. person pinged because it does because it's not like the you know the police doesn't have access to it, but if something matches to what they've already put in, then it'll pop up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it pinged of like, oh, this mutation is the same mutation that was at these crime scenes. Wow. 
and this person is related to one of our suspects. So it wasn't like they just pulled him out of the blue. They were like, this is a nephew of like a dude who was on the list of suspects. Okay. So they were like, cool, this is another thing that ties him. If we can just go and get the actual guy's DNA to confirm this, Mm -hmm. then we've got him, as they did. That's really fascinating. So yeah. You like like, those kind of crime shows. Well. Bad bad news for them, but... (laughs) It, I mean, it's help, it can help solve cold cases. Yeah, that's really cool. Huh. <laughs> Still not giving yeah, my DNA. I found him after all these years. Yeah, sorry, I like, really like true crime. You do. You do love that. And uh, <laughs> I am, I, I can't. I know. I'm too much of a chicken and it makes me very nervous. But, um, but yeah. I'm nervous when it's unsolved cases. I like solved cases. Mm, okay. Closure. But unsolved cases make me mad. <laughs> You're like, so like, you just telling me about something? somebody? <laughs> you What needs to get done? Oh, man. We got to like call this. the team in. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you excel at... Um, uh, at doing the doing the work basically and and actually creating and it sounds more like you excel more at like the spiritual mental mental aspect and um you need you would like to improve on um just kind of the bodily aspect of it yeah if i could just remind myself like i am inhabiting a body yeah (laughs) yeah it needs maintenance yeah just like your plants (laughs) awesome well um Wow. Let's do a manifestation mash. Um, so I, I kind of, I told you about this a little bit before, but there are, there are four categories and um, with each category, you name four things um, that um, you wouldn't mind being a part of your life, like you would be cool with. Um, so you don't have to name like, you know, a shack or something like that in a place that you live, unless you want to live in a shack. Um and then you'll choose a number and we'll just do some elimination counting things and we'll have four. So the first category is where you'll live, um, city, landscape, country, whatever. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess the current city I'm in now. Okay. Um, which is just Greensboro. Mm-hmm. You know what? I have thought about like Mexico City Ooh. as like a fun place, but I don't speak Spanish yet. So, okay. but that yet. would be. <laughs> That's what she said. I like that'd it. That'd be a great way to learn Spanish. Um, see, I don't really know. Okay, so I grew up a good chunk of my time in North Charleston area, and hmm. I have sort of a love hate relationship. Okay. With that area, like that was probably some of the happiest times in like my adolescence and teenage years. So I'm going to put Charleston down. Okay. But you know, it's still it's still Charleston. It's still very, very uh, racist and southern. It's um, isn't it though? It's so yeah, weird, and they're like cool is. with it too. It's 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 a feature there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> feature not a feature but also wow fully a feature yeah it's like a full tour i mean it's a tourist attraction almost it honestly is i remember like because it was a big part of like the curriculum there Mm -hmm. and like they have all the forts and stuff there because Mm -hmm. they made all the forts out of palm trees so they were indestructible Mm. um 
Sponge cannonballs just bounce right off that stuff. Um, it's spongy. So wow. The forts are still up. I did not know why. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, they just bounce right off. Those people that's... were just like, "We're going to get you," and they were like, boom, 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 like just right off of it. That is so um, fascinating. It's like so. I love that area. Yeah. But there's just a lot. Like I, I would, I would live there again if I, at this point, if I could afford it, because mm-hmm. um, it's pricey now. Because now yeah. you gotta pay to live in that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then if I let me let me pick like a like a just a random like over because I mean like Mexico City's not really overseas. Let me pick like a random. You know what? I like to read books about Legos. So I'm gonna say Legos okay. just like as a fun. Because these, these books are really selling me on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Charles. I don't know. Charleston is, is a... It's a wild time. I it's... lived there when they made conf- they stopped Confederacy Day from being an actual school holiday. What? That was and a day? And people were losing their minds. Oh, my God. They were so it was like you like had kids wouldn't have that day off and i'm like your kids are in school why are you upset you don't have to watch them that day yeah but they um, were gonna god how did how do how was that celebrated i didn't know that was like a holiday it was just like a day off from school it was like in may or something like it was really close to like the end of the school year but i remember like the year that happened because you know my mom's a teacher so yeah. she was having to deal with that i mean she was having to deal with that stuff all the time yeah like she had like a, a parent once get upset because um she assigned a Black History Month project. It was it during Black History Month? Yes, it was. Uh, okay, wow. Um, and, but she told, oh, she she put him something straight. The guy came in, was just like, "You got my daughter doing this," and we had this ancestor who was like in the Confederacy and stuff. And my mom cut him off and like finished the sentence. He's like, "Yeah," and he did this and this and this. And he's like, "How'd you know that?" I was like, "Cause I asked her to do a report on it when we were covering the Civil War." <laughs> And little she bitch. brought in the memorabilia <laughs> and everything. So the fact that he wasn't aware that like she brought these family heirlooms in and had done a whole report yeah. on his parenting. So he's but, just like, mad because he's racist. But the fact that she like, <laughs> told him his own history back to ah! him, like just shut him down and then he left. We stand and that is why your mom is up again for like teacher of the year because wow. Yeah, shout out to her. Um, she's always so surprised when she gets teacher of the year, but she's gotten teacher of the year multiple times. Yeah, how was she surprised? Like, I'm so surprised. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> what? You do you you know you're an amazing teacher? God, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I just yeah, and and Charleston is actually like a really beautiful place. It it's is so beautiful. It's just so and weird and racist, and it's like it's like a vibe there. It like, really is. Like when, oh, it's just and like the like, what is it called? What do they call it? The open air market? Oh, the slave market. The slave market. market. Yeah. Called, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember telling my boyfriend went there for the first time, and I was just like, "Oh, you gotta go to town. I was like, you have to check out the old slave market." And he was like, "Excuse me." You're and like, I was like, "There's no other name for it." Yeah. It's called the old slave market. But I. But the thing is, like, it's I was I now. was um corrected a couple of times. Because like the first time I went, I didn't know I didn't know what it was, right? Because like I I just didn't go to Charleston that often. And whenever your your family lived there, like we didn't go yeah, into we Charleston. Went to, like, North Charleston. So yeah. We were, like in Charleston. Yeah, and so we weren't like let's go into Charleston and make a day of it, right? And yeah, so and I just didn't know bridge. until I was like an adult, an adult. And I went there with like a group of friends, and um, they were like all white, I think. And they were like, we're gonna go to the flea market. We're gonna go to the open air market. And I read like a placard or some shit like that. And I was like, I'm sorry, this is a slave market. And they're like, oh, we call it the open air market. I was like, right, the open air market 
where enslaved Africans were sold. I've never heard anyone call it the open air market. At least when I lived there, multiple it was times. Referred to yeah. As the the old slave market. Yeah. Like, like they would put old in front of it. Oh, like, because old is cute, like, right? Did they put like yeah, an E after the, the old, old too? Slave market, right. Just like, but it was never a secret. No one hid. Yeah, I did. I had no idea, and they were all like, "Yeah, but like now they just use it for this," and I was just like. But, like, my ancestors really might have, like, been up in this bitch. Like, like, it was weird. And everyone's, like, selling tchotchkes. When I was there, Charleston was very proud of all of its history, Mm. good or bad. Like, it was all there. Like, like, I was really into the pirate stuff. Like, (laughs) they have a lot of pirate history there. A lot of haunted pirate Oh, I'm not, I don't fuck with all that haunted shit. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, no. That was, like, that's the thing. Haunted houses were just normalized. Like, I remember going yes. to school and people just being like, yeah, my house is haunted. It's not a big deal. Like, that was just normal to have house ghosts. If there's one thing the South likes is some haunted shit. And it's just, mm, it's just, just like, not my like, thing. come over for a sleepover. They're like, there's only one ghost. It's like, fine. I was like, no, I'm not going over for a <laughs> Woo, no. My mom would dip me in fucking anointing oil before. South houses. I'm not going. Yeah, that's gonna be a no for me, Doug. That's so funny. Yeah, only one ghost. I mean, I remember that about um, UNCG is they were like, oh yeah, this building is haunted and that building is haunted and this building is haunted. And I made a point to never have classes in those buildings <laughs> or to never. So like, what, what what's that? What's the very first dorm at U, at UNCG? No it's idea. like Mary Fa- Mary Faust. So oh yeah. So I only lived in one building, like in, in one dorm when I uh, was there. But yeah, Mary Faust, I think, was like the very first like dormitory in UNCG um, used to be an all girls college. Um, and it's still kind of an all girls college. Um, but like, yeah. And so they were like, yeah, the, the ghost haunts. And I was like, and so you're just like willfully like being like, I want to live in this building. Are you fucking kidding me? I went before I went to UNCG. I went to Mercer University in Georgia. Oh, okay. And they have dorms that were used during the Civil War to house <laughs> soldiers. Like that's how old Miss some me of the with buildings that. are. Mm-mm. So like I've been in some old buildings, like that old middle school of the arts. Like that was an old building. It used to be like a bunch of different things before they did that. Mm-hmm. So like all these buildings were real haunted. Yeah, <laughs> and people were like super chill with it. I'm like They're fully like, not. Yeah, yeah, you know, buildings be haunted, and I'm like, <laughs> no. Charleston's really big into their haunted buildings. They are. I, I took a ghost tour, and I was like, 90% of these buildings are fucking haunted, so miss me with that. But I, I would still pick that as a place. Okay. I mean, yeah, I it's it's beautiful it's just it's it has its quirks i guess every every place every city has like things for people all throughout the south which is why like i'm like i'm very proud of the fact that like i'm southern like, yeah it's just part of who i am like, yeah I went to new york and like someone like one of the grad students um at uncg was just like that was the first time i met you and he's like there was just like especially when they put you in new york you're southern as hell and i was just like <laughs> i was like thank you <laughs> Me? I don't really have a strong like accent or anything. Yeah, but like I think it's in my mannerisms and stuff. Like it's yeah. there. Yeah. Um. I I too am from the south, and I I think I don't think I'm particularly southern until I learn things that are southern from people who are not from the south, right? So like someone was like, yeah, everyone just like smiles and like makes eye contact in the store, and I'm like. Yeah, because you need to acknowledge that other people are there. Especially in Tennessee. 
Tennessee is the worst case I've seen. I've seen of that. Really? They are. Yes, they're so. Did you live in Tennessee? Tennessee. I because I lived in Tennessee for a little bit. I used to oh. live like outside of Nashville. Oh, okay. And I lived in. Oh, it was like the whitest area of Tennessee. Um, so like when you saw like a black family, you like you had to like wave because you didn't know the next time you'd see one. <laughs> oh no! Like there was always just sort of like oh hey like kind oh of, my god but, like, hey! But, like everyone in general was like super like because you could kind of get away in like North Carolina if you saw someone they kind of nodded and you pretend you didn't see them. Maybe oh yeah, because I do that. You cannot get away with that. That's so funny. Uh, hmm. That and that accent. Yeah, that's my favorite Southern accent. The Tennessee accent. I um I think it always surprises me which which is this is very um I'm gonna make this up North Carolina centric but um I'm familiar with like North Carolina southernness right and a little bit of South, uh, South Carolina because I have um my some people on my dad's side of the family are from South Carolina um but like to me the fact that like Tennessee is also like equally as country and like equally as southern just like absolutely baffles me because for some reason like every state uh west of north carolina is like the midwest even though i know that like tennessee is like like mississippi alabama like that's all kind of west yeah but it's still in the south but for some reason tennessee is just never like i I don't and I, and I don't know about Kentucky. And I've like, been there multiple times, and I know that, too. Like, I'm like, yeah, Tennessee is Southern as fuck, but for some reason, I'm just like, they have Southern accents, too? Their accent, like, because I only knew about, like, the Amanda Show skit, Tennessee accent. Oh, I don't remember, remember that, that one, no. They had, like, the girls' bathroom skit, and they always had that one girl who's from Tennessee, and that was her bit. She'd just be like, I'm so-and-so from Tennessee. Yes, like, I do that actually remember that. was my only knowledge of that. And then I moved to Tennessee, and I was like, they actually sound like that <laughs> bit. I thought that was just a bit. I didn't think yeah. it, was, it was possible. And then I was like, fill, I was like in a school full of people who sounded like that. Yeah. And I was just like, I just kept laughing like <laughs> to myself in the hallway. Yeah, that's funny. I, I just made my day. How old were you whenever you lived there? Um, it would have been like my senior year of high school. So okay, well, like I didn't realize that. Yeah, I lived there for a year. I think mom and Jade ended up living there like like for a few years. But I, I only was there for one year, and it just blew my mind. That's it's, funny. It's either you have that accent or, like, you don't. It's just so strong. Mm-hmm. I dated, like, a dude who had the accent every, like, three words. So he thought he didn't have the accent. <laughs> but he was talking to me. And I was like, could you say that again? And I was like... <laughs> You have the accent, but it's like every few words you huh. have like a twang. Like you've, you yeah. hide it, hide it, and then it comes out, and you hide it again. I think there are and some words that we just don't know how to say, like without the twang. Like right. I, I think there are just some like words. I come, like I can get a, a, a North Carolina accent if I'm like back home visiting grandma. Yeah, yeah. I feel I. But that's it. Yeah. When when I'm around when I'm around like family, um, that like not my I guess not my nuclear family right so like not my brothers because we grew up in Charlotte and well one brother now lives in Fayetteville but like but when I'm around like aunts and I have one uncle so maybe one maybe him um but like around grandma and like in Wilmington then like I I I mean I, I guess essentially it's a code switch right like yeah, it's like a code switch but it's like I feel like I that's the one I most obviously have is like yeah fam, a large group of family I will code switch into that yeah 
and it's like I don't know, it's like a nice coat. It's like it I, is. I feel like it's a coat switch because it's like a nice one. Yeah, I yeah. I don't think it's a bad like coat survival switch. Survival tactic code switching. Yeah, like, it's just this like like a nice hug. Exactly. It just it feels like kind of returning to a part of yourself. Right. Um, that like. You know, I'm I'm in I live in Charlotte and it Charlotte's a quote metropolitan place and I I'm from Charlotte and so I think part of why I do enjoy like being in Wilmington and and not saying Wilmington um, right because that's not how you say it if you're from Wilmington um, but like is that like I am am very conscious about how I sound and I I'm always often told like I sound like I'm I, I get like I have a weird accent, which is weird because how um, and what accent? Um, yeah, I get that too. I've gotten people trying to guess where I'm from. Like from a different a country. Lot. They're like, what country are you from? No, and I'm like. That. I get like people trying to pinpoint a state and they yeah. never get it right. Yeah. I've gotten everything from like New York mm-hmm. to Florida. Like it's oh, all. wow. Okay. It's all a hot mess and we can't figure it out. Yeah. explain to people. I was just like, okay, so there's this phenomenon with kids growing up in the 80s and 90s where we we were kind of raised somewhat by television so we get what we call tv Mm, accents wow i've never heard of that but that actually makes a lot of sense yeah because i was just like this i'm like what you're hearing this is like star trek next generation (laughs) you're giving me you're giving me my hair (laughs) that's what i got yes wow Was that a was that a hint of Star Trek uh, in your in your voice? <laughs> yeah, which is funny because that show has so many different accents. So I just it does. A combination yeah. Just that show. Wow, you honestly just like changed my life because that is like so true. And and a lot of the friends that I had growing up, like Charlotte, is very much like a city of like transplants. Um, and so a lot of my friends growing up were they're they're they weren't from North Carolina. Their family was from like Philadelphia, uh, New York. Um, their their they're, they were immigrants um, from other countries and, and stuff like that. So I didn't grow up around a bunch of Southern people sounding Southern, talking Southern. I grew up around a lot, like a, a pretty diverse um, group of people with accents that weren't, uh, I guess, native to the South. And so I, I think that's, and that's like, to me, that's very common for Charlotte because that's what I've always known yeah. about Charlotte. Um, and so whenever I am in like other places that maybe have just more people whose family have grown up in the area, like Wilmington, um, then it feels like a different type of home for me, but it also feels a little bit foreign because I, I do feel like, um, I hate this, but like a city slicker or something like that. Well, I've just grown up with like in different southern states. Yeah. Southern like region, even within the state, has different accents. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so, like, to them, I just sound odd. Yeah. Like, when I grew up in North Charleston, like, they say stuff like scrimp, you know, like, mm-hmm. instead of shrimp, like, you know, like they say odd. Like, yeah. Have, well, I, what I would say it was odd. But, like, I don't sound like that. So yeah. Like, it was obvious, like, well, you're not from here. Yeah. But I've been here long enough that, like, you know, like, I could know. Though, I never could get um, a full understanding of like Gullah and Geechee accents that Ooh. I always struggled with. Yeah, well, I could understand them just fine. Really? Yeah. Okay. There was one guy who bought like a, like we sold him a few vehicles before. Okay. And I remember like him coming to the door, and I went to go answer, and he said something to me, and I was just like, "Mom, <laughs> I need help." And wow. He said the same thing, and she was just like, "Okay, yeah," and I was just like, "I I could never get that accent." I would I would love to 
hear that because it's not, I mean, there's definitely an accent, but there's also like a full dialect yeah, of so it a full and, and like a full culture. And like, I mean, did you grow up watching uh, Gullah Gullah Island? Yes, of course. Listen, the show bops. Okay. The show hits and, and the mom of it, she's actually a really brilliant artist. Have you? Yeah. yeah like I follow her on Instagram. Like I, I don't even know how I just stumbled upon her thing. You know, yeah, I probably all the stuff like on the sets would be like her art. Like, yeah. Stuff on the wall. Yeah. Like, so that show was so great. And it I, was. I was watching this video on like the history of the show and how it like came together. Yeah. And, like, it's just like it's so cool to me, especially since like I grew up in that area and mm-hmm. then like. I mean, like, I know we're from Wilmington, but, like, yeah. I know, like, what Grande got, like, in, like, he, he met with, like, the Golan Geechee Coalition. Oh, word? Yeah, that, um, around the time that they did that documentary. Oh, yeah. Kind of on him, mm-hmm. like, the Golan Geechee Coalition came and talked to him, because, like, there's parallels between, like, you know, because it's, again, coastal, black, mm-hmm. you know, like, ancestors of, you know, slaves, mm-hmm. like, being on this coast area, like, they came and talked, like, if you, I think if you Google Seabreeze, mm-hmm. the image that pops up, it used, I don't know if it's still the case, but the image that pops up is, like, an image of, like, granddad, yeah. his former fishing partner, and the yeah. taking a photo together. Yeah, I've seen that. It may mm-hmm. have changed by now, but that was the picture. That's so cool. Wow. they were just, like, they were meeting to talk about, like, fishing issues and stuff, like, that were happening that was affecting, like, fishermen in the coast. Uh-huh. But, like, I feel like, you know, I'm not, you know, we're not going Geechee, but it's, like, I've always, like, been interested in that yeah. culture and like there are like parallels i would definitely um i would love to know more about i mean those parallels and learn more about um just sea breeze in general um i know very general things about it and but to me that's always just been what wilmington is so because like you know when i would go to wilmington as a kid i would go to grandma's like, house and like, so that yeah, was it and it's so weird to like tell that to people yeah like, I did that whole art piece where i was just like that's what i've grown up that's with. literally what but, like, wilmington is to me yeah at all at all and so as an adult only probably two maybe three times i've been to like wilmington as an adult and not interacted with seabreeze um which is where our family is from wilmington it's a historically like black uh part of wilmington um and I think at one point it was like one of the only places where like black people and indigenous people could go to vacation. Right. Um, and, and I was just like out like in like downtown Wilmington. And I was just like, how have I never seen this? Like I have right. it's a completely different never seen place. this different vibe, different everything. And I was like, and I, I consider Wilmington to be like Wilmington to be like a home because right. I do feel so like, just connected and, and I know it's because of the people and I know it's because I spent summers there and um but like and I just was like I've never seen this part of Wilmington even when like because there was a point in my life where I lived in Wilmington mm-hmm. and even then like I don't remember anything past like that area yeah yeah I, I remember like looking at white people and being like what are you doing in Wilmington <laughs> because like where especially like I mean not so much now but like um growing up the neighborhood that it we grew up in like, it was the community yeah and it was like everyone's your your everyone's your cousin and everyone is not white um except for like the few white family members that were like married into the family yeah. um and so yeah it was just very like so it was like almost like dissettling because I was like I don't even know this place like where am I um so yeah that was just very um 
that's a, that's an interesting experience of calling a place home and also not really knowing about the other parts of this city that I I feel a strong connection to. Um, next is career. Okay, <laughs> Back sorry, to I'm I'm fine. Editing, I'm sorry. I'm fully not editing any of this shit. It's all going on there. Um, it's it's okay. It's it's so fine. It's you know I'm I'm really okay. not worried about it at all. I, I enjoy that actually. Um, but the next part is career. Um, four thing, and it doesn't have to be like tied to capitalism. It can also just be like something that you would like to do. Uh, like a professional reader. Okay. Yeah. Let's put that down. That'd be great. Um, I'm gonna put like a weird historian. Like, okay, I'm actually really into like amusement park historians. Like, that's a job. Like, what do what, you mean? You know? No, like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, like, like, it doesn't have to be that, but it could be, like, an animation historian or something like that. But, like, there's just okay. weird historians that have, like, a niche. Okay. Like, I'm actually super into, like, the fact that there's someone whose job it is to just be, like, I know everything there is about, like, Disney parks from this era. Like, why? Why? Like, <laughs> it's so interesting. Too, okay, yeah. Like, to have, like, a weird historical specialty. Like, okay, do you have one that you would, what would, that you would be interested in being, I guess, an expert in? Maybe like I guess stop motion animation. Ooh. I don't know if I have a specific country I'd want to pick. Oh God, do you even have because, to? Because like animation, stop motion animation has an interesting history in like Russia. Okay. But it also has a very interesting history in, in the states. Okay. But also in Germany, you know, what? I'm just going to say, say stop motion animation. Yeah. Okay. Stop motion. Like fun. Is that is that the okay? So weird historian of stop motion. Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe be like I'm something a little bit more like traditional, like a like a art prof- like a art professor at like a university okay. or something. Because like I personally loved my experience at um, like art school, mm-hmm. but like if I had one critique of my art um, experience is that um, I didn't have any black teachers while I was at the program, mm. and so I like to, I would like to be that for somebody. And you went to a couple different schools, right? You said because yeah, you said you went to Mercer. I went to Mercer University for engineering, so I wasn't even. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, and then one day I was just like, "I'm going to art school." Yeah. Um, and so my whole art school experience was actually at UNCG. Oh, okay. What did what kind of engineering? Um, I hadn't quite picked fully, but it was going to either be electrical or mechanical. I wasn't good at chemical at all. Um, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I that's. I, I left because. Um, I just didn't love math enough. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. When I think I of like, engineering, I, like I just think Math's of math. Mm. But there was like, I had a friend who like, he woke up and was just like, I get to do math today. That <laughs> wasn't me. You know, I feel like I should make room for someone who wants to really love math. Okay. Yeah. As well as I was the only person in the program who could like render stuff by hand. Like I could draw what needed to be designed by hand. Mm. Everyone else could only do programs. So I was like, that's probably a sign I should go. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um engineering and um all I ever think about engineering is just math, honestly. Like just uh, like our cousin a mechanical engineer and he's just like, yeah, you know, calculus six and I'm like, there are six calculuses? Yeah. Sometimes they make up names so you don't know it's calculus. <laughs> like they'll just be like, it's and it's like no, it's still it's still so much. Yeah. That's really funny. Like they're never gonna notice. And they're like, I fully notice. 
Um, so the next category is, um, I have to get my phone charger. The next category, or no, wait, one more thing for career. Career. Um, let's just put like art director. Okay. What is, what is an art director? Cause I don't know. <laughs> I think it depends on like what company or what they're doing mm-hmm. or project. This person, like the person who kind of plans out the overall project and organizes other people, like the other artists for like one unified vision. Okay. I'm still, I'm trying to find my charger. I know, you're good. That's why I set this up on my computer, because I was just like, I don't have to worry about my phone. It's like uh, I'm at 10%, so if you could just charge me, please. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I can never let my phone get that low. Like, I get anxious if my phone's lower than like 40%. Oh, yeah. I, and I normally like, don't, but I've just been like using my phone so much literally over the past few hours. So. Meanwhile, like my mom and my sister, their phones are always dead. Oh, God. Why? Because I don't know. They just always are like that. <laughs> some, you know, some people like, like to live by like, live, um, there we go. Live that way, and it's truly something that stresses me out. Life on the edge, you know? Mm-mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, now my dog is excited. Um, all right. Um, next category is home building. Uh, well, I'll start off with, like, an easy one. My current home. Yeah. Because I, I love my home. It's wonderful. have a porch my house has (laughs) okay it's like i would love to have like a proper screened in like not a sunroom but like a proper screened in porch either on the front or back or both yeah i i want both i want i want a sunroom and then i also want a screened in deck and then i also want a deck out in the open air i want it all oh my i actually my, my my partner has a friend who has a house like that where it's like like, I think downstairs is, like, a sunroom, but upstairs is, like, a porch, and it's, like, they're above each other oh, on the backside, and I was just yes. like, that's so crazy. I would love that. I would so live like, in that, especially the sunroom and yeah, the plants and like, I would have in there. The basement, and from the basement, you just go into the, the sunroom. Yeah. And it's just, like, I'm just like, that's crazy. Listen, that's, like, I feel like I've, like, arrived if I have a house that has, like, a sunroom and, like, a, yeah, I love it. All right. See, it's like I like the idea of a beach house. I just don't like the idea of like maintaining one after a storm and like the, the, mm. the realities of like soil erosion, like sand erosion. But oh, I do yeah. love I do love a porch on a beach front. It's important. Um, so like a beach house where sand erosion is not a factor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I said you can get as specific as you want. That's like oh, that's like the one thing that really bothers me. It's like beach houses are great, but like you know they're not going to be there in like a few years. You know. Yeah. Like, 3rd Street in Charleston used to be 1st Street, you know? like <laughs> It's like a receding hairline, yeah. 
It's like, no. Um, my other kind of house would I want? A house where I don't have to maintain my yard. Mm, okay. It's all like real practical. So would you like? Would you just not have a yard? This is just I want to know. The would you just not have a yard, or would it just be someone else? Somehow by magic, I'm okay. living purely in a magical. I love it. Practical realm. Like, yeah. I want magic to solve practical problems. <laughs> uh, yard with no maintenance. Like just or maybe it's just like purely like Africa. Like was astroturf or whatever. Like yeah. <laughs> or like um, you could do moss. Moss wouldn't take mm, a lot of. Um, that's what I need to do to my yard. My yeah. yard is like. I make sure someone mows it every, you know, every once in a while, like, so it's mowed, but, like, all the shrubbery and weeds are just everywhere, and my neighbors are too polite to say anything about it. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the last category is your legacy. Mm. Let's see. I would love, like, super goals would be to get back all of the land that we have lost in Wilmington. Oh. Would that be like our direct relatives or like our distant relatives? Like I, that would be amazing if that land could come back into the family. Yeah. And not be under threat for several generations. Yeah. Absolutely. I would love to create a sort of like artist in residency kind of program but like like in my dad's own hometown because my dad's from Wilson and if you've ever been to Wilson North Carolina it's it's like there's not really much out there that's like in um Greensboro Winston-Salem oh okay it's near Raleigh it's I mean eventually it will kind of become like a distant suburb of Raleigh but that that has not happened yet okay um, but right now it's like, it used to be like, I guess, kind of a big factory and or farming town, mm-hmm. but there's not much out there right now. It's kind of in the news for another reason, but, um, okay. but I would love to like bring something to that area before. So an artist, artist residency. Yeah. Like some sort of like artist commune or residency, like a place, since there's nothing much out there, it would mm-hmm. be cool to like create like a getaway spot but it's oh. not really a vacation like you're going away like you're going to like an ice kind of ice it's like a retreat still, yeah like that but like you know it's not crazy isolated like, you can still get like you know fast food and stuff there but. <laughs> <laughs> the important things yes but like you know um something to do with books okay (laughs) like some sort of like maybe not a library but like some sort of like you know like how dolly parton has like that really like great like reading program and stuff like like that okay so like um a uh is it called literacy program named after you yeah or like uh, become like some sort of literacy advocate yeah okay dolly parton is um kind of cool actually yeah she was 
Um, I still cannot get over that one video of those dudes reacting to Jolene. Oh my god! First time. Thank you for sharing that video. That, oh, I like if I'm ever having a bad time, I can just go back and rewatch it. Because they're like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, because the opening is like legit good. Like the intro is good. You're just like, oh, it's not just the Jolene parts; it's the beat. Yeah, yeah. So I, their videos actually really do bring me a lot of joy. Because I went down a rabbit hole and just like watched a bunch. I think after that they end up reacting to Nine to Five. Which wait, what's Nine to Five? Um, like the other like big Dolly Parton hit. Oh. About, like, oh, working, working not working too fun. Yeah, like, yeah, they okay. Yeah, that one. They have a bunch of other ones. Like, they, I mean, like, they're just young, so they haven't heard it. Yeah, and they're like, I'm gonna listen to uh, this guy named Queen, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, they did some like Queen is like, he has such a good voice, and I'm like, it's not Queen, it's Freddie Mercury. Okay, you know what? That's okay. And they were oh, like, yeah, Oh man! Funny. And it was the, the reactions are just like so wholesome, so pure. Mm, little babes um <laughs> um and then the last the last one for your legacy um hmm. ellie don't cry i'm on a podcast <laughs> um i'm surprised it took this long to find me um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other than, like, I guess, like, the most obvious thing would just be, like, this great, rememberable, like, like, artist that, like, influences, like, a whole general, like, I would, like, you know, like, <laughs> this sounds gonna sound, like, so conceited and crazy. I'm ready. But I want to be, like, if I could be, like, the Toni Morrison of, like, art for a generation. Ooh, okay. Yeah, she's, like, influenced so many writers. Absolutely. Like, all of the, like, th- that would be wild. I mean, I don't know why I'm using a writer to explain, like, as if there's not artists. Like, I could have been, like, I want to be the Romare Beard in art, but I didn't do Oh, that. yeah, Romare Beard I, I kind of know that guy. He's a <laughs> Charlotte that would person. Like my most conceited, I, like, I guess. I so? <laughs> so? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, okay. And then now you pick a number between one and eleven. Um, six. Six. I think you're like the first person who's actually chosen a an even number. Uh, I was just gonna go by. I was just going by my birth month. I was being real like <laughs> basic. <laughs> uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Front back porch just got crossed off. Okay. Six. Art director. Mexico City. Why am I like breaking my lead pencil so hard? Three, four, five. He's gonna press down hard for those manifestations. I know. (laughs) Professional reader. Influential artist. Yard with no maintenance. <laughs> Sorry, fam. You gotta cut your own grass. It's just like I'm terrified of lawnmowers, so I pay so Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm, so I watched like an episode of Oprah where like they like a, something flew out of like a lawnmower at a woman and it got caught in the padding of her bra, which saved her. And like I I heard that story when I was like young and it just traumatized me. Yeah, that makes me feel like I should be wearing bras now, but I'm still not gonna. Like... <laughs> I mean, only, I guess only when you're mowing a lawn, like, or working near heavy machinery. I don't... I like, mean, yeah, I think that's I... That's the takeaway from that, I 
is. I don't yeah. know. It just scared me away from lawnmowers for. That's fair. I I found out that there are blades um, underneath that thing, and I was like done. Yeah. I was like, that's just violence. That's really what I. Yeah, I think that's what, it was like either it was like a sharp gear or like a tiny blade. That's like that's what flew at her. And yeah. Yeah, no, I don't really. I also was like never properly taught how to mow the lawn because like sexism. Yeah, I never really learned that. Yeah, my dad was like Um, trying to teach me and he's just like, you just don't have the capacity to learn how to mow the lawn because you have a vagina. Whatever. Um, I wasn't taught that just because of that. I think I just wasn't taught that because I I think we usually just paid someone to do it. Listen, if there's one of those things like if you could afford it, like why? Yeah, why would I do it myself when I could someone else could literally do it? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Greensboro, North Carolina. Cross off the list. One, two, three, four. Art professor. Crossed off the list. So for career, we have you as a weird historian for stop motion. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Your home building is a beach house with no sand erosion. The dream. <laughs> the dream. <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six. All right. Crossing regained family land off of legacy. Crossing off literacy advocate. So for your legacy, it's artist residency uh, facility. In yeah, Wilson, they're all doable, Jasmine. They're all doable. I think that would arguably be the the fastest one to do. When I say that, okay, there we go. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, and this is gonna be fun. Okay, are you ready? Okay. <clears throat> you will be living. In a beach house with no sand erosion in Charleston, South Carolina. Being a weird historian of stop motion. And your legacy is leaving um, an artist or having an artist residency facility in Wilson, North Carolina. See, the sand and the Charleston thing now makes sense. If it had been like a place that didn't have a beach. It, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it happens like that. You'll be living in a mountain house on a beach. <laughs> but that's okay. It's a game. Uh, but yeah, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty nice life. And I think also like, you know, it doesn't mean that the other things can't happen. Yeah, no, this is, that was fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, um... This is the part for listener letters slash advice. We don't have any listener letters. If you do have a listener letter, I'm trying to be better about this and the podcast. If you do have a listener letter, then you can slide in the podcast's um, DMs on Instagram. Um, the podcast Instagram is called Namashe Podcast. Um, N-A-M-A-S-E Podcast. Um, and... I can do them anonymously if you want, or I can say your name if you're feeling, you know, froggy. Um, or you can email them to namashepodcast um, at gmail.com. Um, but today we don't have any. So today, Jasmine, if she wants, um, is going to drop some advice. Okay. Advice. Or not. Does it have to be like big philosophical advice? It Absolutely be not. Like everyday advice. It could be like floss every day. That's my advice for today. 
I mean, it's going to get cold soon, hopefully, but, you know, if you get a mosquito bite, just Ooh. take, like, a hot metal spoon to it <gasps> to, to kill that itch so it won't itch anymore. Like, you'll still have the bump. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's good advice. That is. About. I did not know about that. I've heard of a cold just, spoon. Uh, I've done the hot spoon. I told your brother about it, and for, like, a while, like, he would just show up in, like, Fayetteville, like, when I lived in Fayetteville, mm-hmm. and they'll just, like, bust the door and be like, you got a hot spoon ready for me? And I was just like, <laughs> I should have never told about it um i just told nigel about it yesterday because he was here to fix um Sivan's car but okay um and he was just like what are these home remedies you come up with and i was like no they work yeah <laughs> it doesn't work with ant bites though oh with ant bites it kills the chemical in the mosquito bite that causes that itchiness wow i'm i'm actually really upset that i never knew about this because i have i've had infinite mosquito bites in my lifetime i don't know visit to wilmington within like two minutes within two minutes yeah within two minutes and and like they're waiting at the door okay like they're literally like they see you pull up in your car and obviously your windows are up because you don't want to let them in and you can literally see them hovering outside the fucking car door (laughs) (laughs) birdman hand rub (laughs) my favorite meme my favorite gift yes no like that's really it and so i've had so many and like they would just put like that pink shit on that cam this is so much easier you know run some hot water put the spoon on there um you know for a bit and then put on you might have to do it twice but like just hold it on there till the spoon gets cold wow i'm gonna start doing that now because i'm still getting mosquito bites um from doing you know from walking the dog okay i love that advice anything else (laughs) <laughs> maybe i could do like a more like i guess deep advice. if if you um, want you don't have to i'm i'm honestly shook at this mosquito bite shit like if you think i'm not gonna try it like <laughs> i'm probably gonna try it today recommend it. it's changed the game yeah um other advice let me see if i can think of like some quarantine specific advice Ooh, or if you have some art world advice or whatever uh, yeah, maybe i should do like some um you know yeah let me give advice to like any like people considering being an artist or maybe some like young emerging art i mean you can be old and be an emerging artist um you know no ageism here mm-hmm. um if you're thinking about being an artist don't be afraid to try different mediums outside of like you know what you're comfortable with because you may find a medium you've fallen in love with mm-hmm. so if you consider yourself a sculptor don't be afraid to draw if you consider yourself like i don't know, like a digital concept artist maybe you know maybe try some sculpting you know you might find there's a way to work that into your your practice hmm. that's fantastic that's how i ended up being a mixed media artist i originally went to art school thinking i was going to be an animator mm-hmm. oh really Okay. And so is your is your degree in mixed media? It's like the actual title is like new media and design. Okay. Um, which is just a fancy way of saying like art with computers. So like oh, that could okay. be graphic design, okay. video, um, installation specific. Um, but I actually took a lot of like drawing courses. Like I think most people thought I was actually a drawing major mm. until like my last year where I wasn't in the drawing capstone and they were like, where are you? Mm. And I was like, oh, actually I'm new media and design. Um, <laughs> But 
Uh, but yeah, no, I ended up going there thinking I was going to do animation, and then I realized I didn't have to like box myself into just that one classification of mm-hmm. my art practice. Okay, that's really cool. Um, I know nothing of that world, so yay. <laughs> Um, and then, was it like that with, like, because, I mean, you're a musician. Is it like uh-huh. that with, like, musicians? Is it like, do you um, try other instruments other oh, than your main instrument? Yeah. I mean, well, part of it is because my degree is, well, my I have a Bachelor of Music um, in music education. So in music education, we have to learn how to play the other instruments. So that was probably the most fun part about uh, music music teacher school um, is just literally, like, noodling on these other instruments. Yeah, I guess you would need to know, like, piano. Yeah, I took pian- took lots of piano. That was very hard. Uh, <laughs> I took an embarrassing amount of uh, piano class classes because uh, I just was like, my brain is like, uh, I can I conceptually understand, but my fingers were like, I'm not doing that. Um, and um, choral, um, yeah, I did some I choral did classes for so long. A lot of people like don't know that like the reason I ended up an engineer was because like all throughout like my youth I was like professionally like like trained vocally oh yeah and like i kept like and i just got sick of it one day i was like i'm done what's the furthest thing you have from singing <laughs> engineer and the, advisor, the advisor was just like we have these engineering courses and i was like give that to me and that's <laughs> i ended up like getting into engineering that's so funny <laughs> you're like yeah because i'm tired of singing <laughs> yeah it was just because like i would get sick so often and that yeah. takes a toll on your voice yeah i want to do something that was so like precarious on that like yeah. you know your the body fails yeah absolutely that is something that is uh, interesting about, I mean, probably about any field, but like about art in all the different forms is it takes your body in some way. Um, it takes your, it takes your eyes, it takes your hands, it takes your, your air. Um, and so things that would be minor um, for other people who aren't in like, you know, aren't musicians or aren't artists are like a big deal. Like I remember I got a fucking spider bite on one of my fingers and like I play an instrument that requires both my hands, which most instruments do. And so I like couldn't play, like I couldn't play my instrument and it wasn't just like, just use a different finger or (laughs) don't like, yeah. I, I've been trying to teach myself banjo, and oh, so, yeah. like, I've grown my nails out where I see. Like, I've trimmed them on one hand, for the, and then, like, grow them on the other. Yeah. And you can play claw hammer banjo with either your, your middle finger or your pointer finger, uh-huh. but if, like, I chip the nail on my, my middle finger, uh-huh. I hate playing with my pointer finger. Really? I'll just wait till the nail grows back. <laughs> I'll just wait. <laughs> even, though I could, even though I could put a finger pick on it. Yeah, yeah. I tried, um playing guitar with like a finger pick and I I hated it I, I was like maybe I had like the wrong size or something but it was just so like because I, I I'm used to like tactily I'm used to touching the instrument and using like I can so I, I couldn't feel the vibrations and like uh, I am primarily a woodwind instrumentalist I, I play bass clarinet that's my principal instrument and so I just was like I couldn't feel the vibrations like so to this day I have a difficult time with playing instruments where I can't feel any vibration with them which is typically piano especially because you're playing on a keyboard usually not on like a versus like an actual yeah yeah and so like I'm just like 
like, am I making music? I don't know. <laughs> like, it, yeah. So it's it's very interesting. And even with like string instruments that like um, like violin and viola, you can still your um, your jaw and your head is actually part of the resonation of the instrument. And so it was just it's like that's I don't think I realized how tactile how tactile it is um, until like trying to learn a a different instrument where I wasn't feeling the vibrations. And I just was like, I don't like, I just don't understand. Um, especially with my hands, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, within, within the music, uh, degree thing, there are like specifics. So there's like choral music, there's, um, performance, there's theory, there's jazz studies, which, uh, UNCG has a phenomenal jazz, uh, studies, program within the school of music um and um so yeah that I guess that is a a a thing um and I think I just didn't realize that because I'm not in the art the school of art or whatever it's called um and so but yeah it it, it is kind of similar um we do have like our specialties now at uncg they've treated like all the art programs under one school oh yeah that's right they did that like the year i graduated they were just like oh did they okay house it's gonna be i mean they're all in different buildings still but they're all now treated under like the same yeah what is it called now it's called like the school of music art and design music dance and yeah they put them all into one thing it what it was called but like now they all share like the same newsletter now that's so cute and they have like one i don't know it's not like a dean or something i don't remember they have like one person who kind of and then everyone else answers to that okay yeah and i remember there was talk of that whenever i was in school but i think i like just barely missed it um, they did it, well, like, because like because semester I graduated, and so it caused a lot of confusion at graduation where people filed themselves under the wrong oh. school, so they ended up walking with the wrong group. That's so funny because they didn't let everybody know. <laughs> that was kind of poor, <laughs> yeah, poor organization so on their part. Yeah, I remember that because we were upset. We were like, so we're going to be walking across the stage against people who you've never known because the school of music is not a particularly large school, right? Like. Yeah. And so, just like some people got separated, and yeah, up, like walking because like they filed it under the old name, yeah, of the new name, and so some people just got separated entirely from their group. Oh, that sounds confusing and way too big to like. You can't fuck something up like that because it's just so big. Yeah, so if you're like looking for the person in like the program, you're like, what? Where am I supposed to be looking? Yeah, what department are you in, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> because like they they were I'm, they were talking about it and I was just like so I'm gonna be like walking like sitting next to someone who's like in the in the dance department like I don't want that I want you, you still be within like the department you were in yeah it was just like all the, those graduates were just like together yeah now. Huh. it was fine I mean I like the idea that they're communicating with each other yeah like, I yeah there, I didn't know anything about the music department other than because it's literally the, on the, the complete alumni, opposite alumni, side of the building alumni, that was the only thing I knew who the, the what what in the butt guy was like an alumni of like the music department uncg that was the only thing wow I did you didn't have department. to like say that out loud <laughs> <laughs> i thought I you were fully, gonna say the carolina am, chocolate drops or some shit like that no i'm fully proud of that <laughs> that's that's an original like 2006 <laughs> meme you know that was back when youtube was at its prime i am I, wherever that person is, I hope they are living their best life. <laughs> I am proud of them. I hope they 
they come back to UNCG for some sort of talk at some point. I don't care. <laughs> I am shamelessly proud of that person. My rise to stardom on YouTube. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, UNCG actually does have some good, um, some good folks that come from it, actually. Alumni, yeah. yeah, we have some good ones. Um, so, um, Jasmine, are there any things that you want to promote? Websites, exhibits, um, whatever? At the time this goes up, I don't know if what exhibits will be out or not. Okay. So I'm just going to promote. Um, uh, I guess like my website. Uh, my website's uh, jasminebest.com. Uh, and my Instagram is at jasminebestart. Um, I have a Facebook, but I don't really use it. Um, I think by the time this goes up, though, I will be launching, because um, uh, I know you're familiar with, like, I did this porch installation where mm-hmm. I made an entire porch out of, like, fabric. Yeah, it's brilliant. And the furniture. Well, I'm actually going to be launching a handmade line of fabric plants, so like a fabric <gasps> plant alternative. I knew you were talking about that. Yay! Well, they can't see this by Ah, uh-huh, it's brilliant. And that's all fabric, right? I mean, like, and, yes, you know, wire, fabric. maybe. And um, so I'm going to be launching those within the next month or so. And it's okay. going to be sort of a first come, first serve because these are handmade. So yeah. There'll be like a pinstripe plant, uh, like a snake plant, and a flamingo plant. Okay. And yeah. There'll just be a limited amount of slots um, to buy them. But I'll be launching that soon. And that'll um, be on your website, right? It'll be on my, my Instagram will probably be the first place to launch it, but they'll be up on my shop, which is on my website. Okay. Cool. Awesome. And your website is, again, please? Uh, Jasminebest.com. J-A-S-M-I-N-E. Yes. Yes. And then best as in B as in boy, E as in whatever, you know. But like sometimes I say best, people think I'm saying best or test. Oh, okay. No, it's like your actual last name, um, which is the best. Last yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, so when they see Jasmine Best Art on Instagram, it's not that I think my art is the best. <laughs> it's not this weird conceited notion. It's just this is literally it's just my, my name. name. It tends to like just be really good for marketing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and if you are, um, if you'll follow uh, Namashe Podcast on Instagram, um, it's N A M A S E podcast um and um we're on wordpress i think is it called um and it's just just type in namaste podcast and see what happens um yeah if you follow us if you have any listener letters um, if you want to be in the show whatever if you want to just send me a picture of your dog i'm here for it um so jasmine thank you so much for being on this um podcast episode and um sharing about your self-care um and yeah i'll i'll talk to you later okay bye y'all namaste namaste and ashe bye Yeah.